Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. It's a Monday. It is a uh, one of those dreary Mondays. One of those Mondays where you wake up and it feels like fall outside, but it's not like a happy fall. It's a sad fall. But even through sad falls, there are happy moments to be had. Uh, speaking of happy moments, we are going to start this pod off not reminiscing on the sad moments from the past weekend, but instead reminiscing on the happy moments and the happy moments that are to come. Uh, but it is a Monday following the first loss of the coach Scott Satterfield era. A uh, loss 18 years in the making, I guess you could say. A, uh, a loss that doesn't ring the bells of, of many Bearcat fans in a good way, uh, but uh, a loss still that we're going to completely undress and talk about. And uh, I don't know, a loss that still I'm, I'm struggling to get through. But you know what? It's also a Monday where I get to bring in guys, bring in pals. Two are away right now. I do have one OG here ready. And then I have another very special guest as well. You know, I, I, I'm going to do the intro before we, we, we open it. And I'm going to mention that we've got a, a, a guy who once averaged 12 and 10 at Hingham High School in Hingham, Massachusetts. Basketball, that is. Basketball. Remember, basketball. We'll talk about his football prowess. You might know him of Barstool Sports fame. You know, the, the beer tweet guy, the zillion beers guy, among many other things. But inside of the 513, he's slowly becoming sensey Jesus. The man. <laughs> The myth, the Bearcat superfan, Dana Beers. Dana, how are we? Aaron, how are we? Welcome into the BBP. What an intro. Oh, my God. That was – I was expecting something worse based off of the weekend that I had on the field with the kick and everything and everyone calling me a curse. That was nice. That was very, very – I appreciate that. That makes me feel better about what happened on Saturday. But it's good to be back. It's good to be with the fellas and happy to talk some Cincy with you. You know, it's it, it's one it was, of those you gotta put it behind you. Aaron, what was that? It, it was a shit weekend for me. Um, yeah. Not fun football weekend anywhere. Um, no. But the show goes on, so here we are. The show does go on, and uh, the show actually is is missing two of its regular people. That's right. Chad is is doing the daddy duties with. Uh, with uh, Kelsey, making sure the volleyball games get, get won and under control. We'll have Chad joining us soon. And, of course, Ryan Royer, Mr. Bearcat himself, busiest man in, in the central Cincy area, I guess you can say. He'll be back on joining us eventually as well. But Dana graces us with his presence. Dana, again, in Cincinnati. You know, uh, we're, we're going to get to the game. We're going to get to the game. There was plenty of things leading into the game that were, were exciting. That were the, of the fanfare of the things that keep people coming back. Uh, first off, we gotta we gotta talk about your first meeting with Coach Scott Satterfield, and of course, you get a tour of the campus and and different facilities, this, that, and the other. Your your thoughts on him and the coaching staff, and and kind of this this new age as you roll on from the fickle era into Coach Scott Satterfield. Uh, so I took a nice little tour of the facilities, uh, beautiful facilities. I know we're having some new ones built. Um, I'm not sure when they'll be ready. I think they told me, but I forgot the actual date. But, uh, you know, it was great to meet so many people. I met uh, Coach Satterfield at the at the facilities, and we chopped it up for about five minutes. Uh, he basically asked me 
how I got in the position that I'm in and how I became a Cincy fan. And I told him, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. He's got that nice Southern draw. Um, talked a little bit of football and had a great time. So it was a, it was a great meeting. And I'm not going to lie, I had all the confidence in the world heading into Saturday based off of all the coaches I met and everything. So, I mean, regardless, I was just so grateful that they opened their arms and welcomed me uh, into the offices. I met the team mom. I met everybody. It was it was great. Uh, the locker room, the the uh, the weight room. Met a couple players. And the funny thing was, like I so I walked into the locker room, and I saw like Evan Prater and I think Fletch and a couple other guys, and they were like, like surprised to see me or like, oh my god, that's Dana. I was like, holy shit, that's Mason Fletcher. Yeah, like, I, I was starstruck. So I was like, why are you guys starstruck? Like I'm, I'm just as excited to see you guys. So uh, it was cool to really meet some of those guys, and hopefully in the next couple of years I can get to know them more personally. But yeah, that Friday was fun. Friday was a great time, and then you know Saturday wasn't as fun with the result, but still, uh, still love getting my feet on the ground here in Cincy. They presented you with the swag bag. You got some of the player exclusive gear. Um, cause I don't even believe you can buy that hat that you're wearing anywhere currently. I'm, I'm not certain that you can get the Nike, uh, Cincinnati hat anywhere yet, but, um, you know, you, you've become kind of a royalty Every, two games in two games on the sidelines. You got to shoot off the cannon again. Um, although the cannon probably should have been shot off more That's story we'll get to later, but, uh, you know, what's it been like kind of getting, treated with such high praise just for being associated with Barstool sports and, and still kind of getting, you know, heralded for your whole, which college am I going to pick and, and sticking with it? Might I add? It's dude, it's crazy because I, I, it is mind blowing because it's just kind of like what I told you when I saw the players, like mm-hmm. I'm just a normal guy. I, I don't consider myself anything special. I don't really consider myself, at all even close to a celebrity or anything like that but i do think that uh the city of cincinnati and the university and the team has been long overdue just for more exposure and i think that's what people appreciate about what i'm doing is that i do i am lucky enough and blessed enough to have a platform like barstool and you know a good amount of of followers that i can talk to about this team about this uh you know, this atmosphere, uh, the people here. So I think, you know, people that don't even know who the hell I am, I think they just get excited to see Cincinnati getting more national spotlight. And that's what Barstool is. It's a, it's a national platform. So I'm happy to to use it to to talk about Cincy. But like I said, I'm not anything special. And I, I was here with my, my uh, producer over the weekend. And I was like, I think we came back from the UC tailgates and we couldn't walk more than like 30 seconds without someone asking for a picture. And I'm like, me, this guy, I'm not, <laughs> you're asking for a picture of me. I'm just, a, I'm just a dude, but I love it. I'll, I eat it up. Uh, I love attention. So I'll, I'll keep it going, but I like to think I'm a humble down to earth guy and I don't, I'll, I'll never let it get to my head. So I'll take a picture with anybody. I'll talk to anybody. Uh, but it's been really cool. You know, you want to invite me on the field, I'll do it. But I think next weekend 
I'm sitting in my seats for sure. I don't think I need to go down again. I think <laughs> there's, there's talks of a curse, and I'm like, I keep saying, I I don't want to say Cincinnati has been cursed before me, but they haven't it, exactly. No, it, it has. No, they, they haven't been 100%. exactly used to overall success. I mean, I know the football team went to the college football playoff, and the Bengals have been really good lately, but I don't think I'm the reason for anybody losing. You know, I think there's been uh, a somewhat of a, a troubling times before, mm-hmm. but listen, I'll take it if you want. I'll take it on the chin if you want to take your frustration. <laughs> that's fine. If you need a punching bag, anyone out there, that's okay. I'll take it. I, I mean, yeah, when it comes to that, there's plenty of like key buzzwords that Cincy fans hear, like like Nevada, you mentioned that. They all cringe. You, Kenyon Martin mentioned that. They all say, gosh, we love him. And then they think about the other thing that happened, the broken leg. And, and then, of course, you you mentioned numerous other things, and people really think that the city's cursed. Yeah. Montez Burflick, uh Georgia, else, field goal. Georgia, field goal. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole city. So believe me, Dana, it's not just you. But <laughs> I don't want to get to Saturday yet. I want to do one, one more question as pertains to Friday because – You've not only embraced the city, but you've embraced the culture. And, and one of the biggest things of the culture is, you bet it, Skyline Chili. And that is one of the tastiest things. It's the reason why I'm overweight. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's the reason why I just keep going back. But I'm going to give you a little FMK. You know, I, I take kind of a Jake Marsh approach to this podcast. I don't really curse on the pod, but off the pod, I'm, it's, it's, it's a sailor. But on the pod. We're going to go F, Mary kill. So, boink, Mary kill. Boink. And it's going to be something else that you tried for the first time this weekend, and that's Cincy Light. Everyone is is loving Cincy Light. It's a Cincy Reigns tasty beer. I'm sure you had about 30. I did at Pitt. But Cincy Light. You, you do know that the, the every dollar for every dollar you spend with Cincy Light, I believe uh, 30 cents goes to um, the collective. So. Every, yeah, in every case, it goes to them, too. Yeah. So, boink, Mary kill. The Cholito that you had with the French fries and the pasta inside. The Godfather that, style. Yes, that's that's Godfather style. If you didn't, Dante Corleone gets gets the. Uh, I don't think he does the pasta in there. I think he does yeah. just the just the fries. But still, it's a, it's a it's a combination that I need to continue to indulge in, or a regular cheese coney, or the Cincy Light. A little boink, Mary kill for you. Well, first of all, I want to apologize if I've sworn because I it's. I oh no, you can. You we can swear. swear. Brent doesn't swear. You're fine. I <laughs> you dropped, can fucking I, swear. I, it's just you know. It's just man. I I swear I, like a sailor. I gotta I gotta tone it down. But oh, I do a bunch too. But let's see. All right, I'm gonna go. You know what, boys? Let's. Hear I it. had so I got Skyline for dinner last night again. And then I at the Bengals game I had two conies. So oh, I think yeah. I had like five conies yesterday. Hell yeah. Those those are like shooting up my power rankings by the day every time I have them. I mm-hmm. I just all I do is put a little hot sauce on. I'm pretty yep. plain. I just have the cheese, the chili, and the dog. Um I would say I'd boink that. I would boink the coney. And I don't know. I think they packed on the fries on my Cholito, and I probably should have just gone spaghetti because yeah. the fries were a little overwhelming. Okay. I want to taste the cheese. Right. I want to taste the sour cream. All I was really tasting was cheese or uh, fries. It was still amazing. I'd have to kill it. I'm sorry, <laughs> Cholito. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> and that means I'm marrying Cincy Light. I had my first couple over the weekend, and I love what they're doing with the NIL. It's genius. Mm-hmm. I love that that directly helps the university and helps our athletes. Like, I think that's amazing. And it tastes great. I think I gave it a 4 million out of 10 or something. I, I just sometimes it black out when I make those videos. I don't know what, <laughs> I said, but I think I gave it a 4 million out of 10. Uh, I, met the, I met the owner of, uh, of a uh, Cincy Reigns at the game. Mm-hmm. He was such a good dude. B-Fox, I'm really bad with names. So Friend I'm of the sorry. show. Fox. Yes. Uh, and I got his number and hopefully we're going to be talking about, you know, some hopeful collabs in the future, but since you light, I'm marrying that all day. I'll, I'll, I will put, get on a knee, take you to the altar and I, you're mine for life. <laughs> you can do a quick shout out to pirate water real quick. If you want to set. Yeah. Shout out pirate water. I love pirate water, malt beverage, 10% ABV pirate drink, pirate Listen, I think they're two different things, though. I mean, I, I, I love I love drinks of all shapes and sorts. So same. But don't forget your pirate water. Same. A former podcast host of mine is in the chat here, and he asks, "Who could eat more cheese conies, me or Dana Beers?" He ate, I think it was it was eight and a puke. Uh, we we were trying to eat twelve to have Sean Casey on our show. Sean Casey, love him. Uh, he he felt bad. That, that he did actually puke after eight, but he, he had eight and then and then puked on the ninth. Um, so do you think you could eat more than eight in a sitting? <sighs> Buns and everything, that's tough. I would say if it were really a life and death situation, I could get to 10, I would say. I mean, I wow. threw down five last night without an issue, like easy peasy, and I wasn't full. So I could, I think I'd definitely get to eight, and if I needed to, I could probably get to, to double digits. There you eight, go, Chad. Eight is when the problem set it. <laughs> that's when the uh, that's when the tummy gets rumbling. Eight is when your stomach is like, I think that's enough. <laughs> I, I think that's enough. And then and then you start I've... nine, and you're like, that was probably that was probably that should have stopped at eight. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm one hundred percent. I could do more than more than nine and a half. One hundred percent. But it's funny, like people will ask me, like people from home and and from the Northeast, and they're like, "Wait, you really like that?" skyline chili stuff and i'm like they don't they don't realize that i like anything that has that is caked on with cheese and is greasy so i'm like yes i love this (laughs) will you try it here's what you tell them to make them understand it a little easier dana it's not actually cincinnati chip it's greek yeah i saw that on the menu the other day i was pretty surprised the families are like the, the people that created that are we're all from greece like for whatever reason, the Greeks put cinnamon in their chili. Like that's it, it's not something that like some dumb asshole in Cincinnati was like, I'm gonna put cinnamon and chocolate in it. No, like it was it's an authentic like Greek recipe for whatever reason. Yeah, man. I'm obsessed. I I was like thinking about getting it tonight for dinner. I'm like, all right, I can't go four days in a row. I'm, 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 <laughs> my toilet doesn't need that. Have you have you have you hit on greater shit? No, that's so. I'm doing a couple of reviews this week. I'll be doing that. I'll be doing Geta. Oh, that's how you oh. say it, right? Geta. Geta. Yeah. Geta is yeah. phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. There's a, there's a chili place in Kentucky that I think it's Empress that has like a pizza I want to try. Um, there's a couple other things. I want to do the Sky Rosa at a Reds game. So mm-hmm. this week, while I'm editing all these videos in between, I'm gonna try and and get some some things I want to try food wise in as well. Get is fantastic. The best way to do Geta personally 
is an omelet. So a, it could be a breakfast food? Oh, it is a breakfast food. It is a breakfast. It's oh, a breakfast it is? Meat. I yeah. thought it was just like a meat you have at dinner. It's, no, it's, it's sausage and oats. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll get it yeah. for breakfast tomorrow, then. That's yeah, good. it's definitely a breakfast breakfast deal. Is there like any uh, places that specialize in it, or is it just everywhere? Um. So everywhere. there's a. It, it's not everywhere. You have to hit like a like a local spot, like somewhere like mom and pop, family owned. Um, the the taste of Belgium's got some. Yeah, the main one is Gleers. Uh, there's a there's a butcher at Finley Market. If you haven't done Finley Market, that might be worth checking out. It's pretty cool. Uh, okay. Called Eckerline. That's one of the top 50 butchers in America, and they make their own getta there. That's really good. They'll make you like a getta, like like breakfast sandwich at Eckerline. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Could be worth it. Yeah, that's I think, right around uh, the corner from uh, Rheingeist as well. If you wanted to pop into Rheingeist. Oh yeah, I got. I still listen. I got. I got what eight days left. I got plenty of time to get a lot of stuff done. So. At, at Ryan Guys, you can get growlers of Cincy Light, like 32 ounce big boys. Yeah. Be worth it. Um, I, I, you can eat Skyline five straight days. Uh, I can tell you from experience, but like you said, it's a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise you to do so. Uh, just be careful on that one. But yeah, definitely try graders out too. It, it, it's unbelievable. And Dave tried it out. I, I think what, what was it? Tommy Smokes tried. Uh, Skyline loved it. So yeah, listen. Every any time somebody comes in and is surprised by it, I'm like, okay, I get it, but it shouldn't be a surprise. People have been saying how good it is forever. Yep. You know, uh, greater their their big thing is the black raspberry chip. Yeah, that's so. I had a bunch of DMs. I, I put up like an Instagram story asking what I should try, and it's majority was try Grater's blue or what was it. Blue raspberry? Black raspberry. Chip. Black raspberry, raspberry, yeah. That's been the chips up. aren't chips. They are like yeah, yeah pieces of candy gla- bar. They're glaciers. But they I like how Cincy good. likes to eat, too. That's I'm a, I'm a big boy. I like to eat. So this Hell is, yeah. I love it. Hell yeah, man. Uh, well, speaking of surprising, there's a good segue here. Uh, Saturday was pretty doggone surprising. Uh, you know, we've, we've done enough fluffing up to this point. Let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, man. Uh, first off, let's talk about the kick. You know, we not not the kick that that fans are probably thinking of that that was at the end of the game. I'm talking about the kick that that you had, where you uh, came out on the field, ironclad in your skyline jumpsuit, oh, looking man. looking ready to set that crowd on fire, baby. I I tell you what, I I just saw your shoes, and right away I was like, man. I turned to Aaron in the press box. I was like, this is gonna be tough, dude. I didn't have it. I had three minutes of preparation. I wouldn't have worn Air Force Ones if I knew I was. <laughs> I was like, I I was fired up that I got chosen and had the chance, but I I was like, I'm not gonna make this. There's no chance. Um, so it's not on you. It's on Sarah Elise. I, I'm not gonna blame. I'm not gonna throw blame around. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, if I knew, give me uh, even 12 hours of notice. I would have been at the field, the turf field across from my Airbnb right now, kicking field goals for six hours. I, okay. no joke, would have been doing that. I would have gone to Dick's and bought some fucking, sorry, I swear, some cleats. No, let it out. Size 12, and I would be going through the uprights for 12 hours. So that's my excuse. Now, the kick itself was a ground ball to left 
to left field, whatever, to shortstop. But my other spin zone for this is I'm in the business of clicks. I'm in the business of getting people to watch me. Yeah. I think over a million views. I think it's better that it was so bad. If it was like (laughs) off the post or if it was like a line drive, I don't know if people would be talking as much. But the fact that it's so bad, it's like, okay, that's some saving grace. You know what they're not talking about? It actually still almost went through the uprights. <laughs> that was killed it was, No, it's onside kick style. On the second bounce, it took a huge, like, <laughs> like up, you know, like it, it actually was up in the air, like over the upright. It just was middle of the end zone and not. Well, yeah, the fun part about it was like, so it's always when you do something at Barstool and it's very unathletic, like, Usually everybody starts to get involved and, and people like to, to, you know, hop on it and make fun of you, which I was saying earlier on the show, like I, I busting balls is my humor. So I am more than happy to be made fun of. So it was like, all right, people are talking about it. People are, you know, thinking it's funny. So like, I was like, that's okay. As long as I don't make, make myself look like a total fool, but I keep thinking about it. Like every couple hours, I'm like, if I made that kick, that place would have gone berserk. Oh. berserk. I could have oh, changed, dude. It could have changed the momentum of the game. Who knows? <laughs> I literally turned to Aaron and said that. I, I was like, dude, this place is ready to erupt. But hey, man. But when you drop the catch by 90, it got loud. Oh, yeah. I want, I, I keep watching it back, and then I, it, it's a really loud boo, and then a pretty good pop when I get down and do some push ups. Yeah, so. push ups, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, Wide base on the push-ups, too. Oh, man, Nippert really was bringing the noise. I'm like, oh, yeah. this, that's my first nip at night experience, and it was – it did not ex- – the, the crowd noise did not disappoint at all. Yeah, talk yeah, about that. No, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, there, there's nowhere for you to hide during that moment. You you just – you ran around, and then push-ups like, is the only thing I got. <laughs> I was like high-fiving people. Like, why am I high-fiving people? I <laughs> what was that bad, for? fast. It's another one of those moments where you kind of black out and you don't know what to do. It's like everyone's kind of standing there. I'll go for a high five. I don't know. But it was really, it was to to your question. I mean, it was really loud. And that, I think I was, I kept switching sides, you know, sides of the end zone. Just, I think I saw, I was with Chad for a little bit and then I would go to the other side and, and see the fans. But it's just too bad that that's how it, turned out because that place was packed and obviously everyone was fired up but i mean it just goes to show you just how how enthusiastic that place can get and how fun it is so shitty shitty way to end it but still a lot of fun yeah you can now attest it is one of the best settings in college football that stadium at night yeah i mean i've been to lsu i've been to uh michigan i've been to a lot of these games i've been to tennessee South Carolina, when South Carolina upset them, and Nippert was arguably louder than all three of those. So, uh, and especially it's not as big of those as those stadiums, but it still packs a punch for sure. Well, there's just nowhere for the sound to go. Like yeah. you're in a hole, like trapped in the middle of campus. There's it, it can't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. So many of those places are in big open spots where the the noise just goes up and out. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, like I said, not the best result, but. I was just happy to get that first nip at night under my belt. Yeah, but even this weekend, big noon kickoff coming into town. I, Oklahoma, first Big 12 
game. I don't know if you've heard about like the Big 12 tailgate, what they're doing. They they go to each new member of the Big 12 and they kind of have a tailgate. They bring a DJ, they bring sports illustrated swimsuit models, they bring this, that, and the other. It, it's kind of just a uh, a whole party that they bring in. So that atmosphere was wild and nip at night's always crazy, but this Saturday, hopefully still, even even after the loss, it's gonna have that same bravado, that same juice, and uh you're gonna still be in town. So that's uh that's something to look forward to. Are you uh planning the same same type of brigade other than you know sitting in the seat maybe? What up, Royer? What up? What's up? Um, I would say this time so Last weekend, or on Saturday, we did a video like at the frats, and then we went to the, I don't know what you would call it, but it's not the, the grid, Bearcat, I think. The grid, yeah. yeah. Um, this weekend, I don't think I will go to the frats. I think I've, I've usually, I've, first of all, I'm way too old to be there, but it's great content, so it's hard to not show up because those kids will say anything under the sun. But I would say this week, I'll probably just stick to kind of like that grid area and wherever the big noon kickoff is. And then at the game itself, I will, I think I'm, I don't, I don't need to do all the antics on the field. I think I did that, you know, that Saturday was enough for me. I just want to enjoy the game and, and kind of chill. And I will not be wearing my skyline, out, skyline outfit. I'm just wearing regular Cincy clothes. Whoa. Bearcats, you know. Let's is this an official them. retirement announcement? Or I don't know we... the retirement, but more of just like let's try something new because okay. yeah, it no didn't more work. Spaghetti out. tech, <laughs> no more spaghetti tech for this weekend oh, at damn. least. <laughs> Royer, welcome in, brother. We we got Dana. We were telling telling Dana, you know, you you'll pop in whenever. He said he said he might have saw you at the uh, oh, before the game a little bit. Dude, no, he's talking about being too old to be at the frats. My ass was at. It was at the frat place he was at so i was just as embarrassed as he was but yeah I was but you're way you're way younger than me <laughs> i know i know i got dragged in there with with the girl but still not the best scene man when you're when you're i, I turn 25 tomorrow actually not the best scene hey to be fresh on the 25 life with at a at a frat at a delta whatever the hell we were at do you remember <laughs> They were, dude. They were loving him there, man. He couldn't move. I feel bad for him. Is that the one, like right on Calhoun or off of Calhoun? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, that's right there. Basically, I was like, I'm just gonna walk down this row of frats and hopefully get some really good sound bites for my video, and that's exactly what happened. But you're right, like it was, it was kind of a, I mean. I couldn't really walk two feet without somebody like oh, sticking the camera and like, all right, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't annoying. It was more just like, I, I want to film videos. I want to do interviews. And then when people are kind of all over you, it's tough, but we got, we got what we need to get. And I think, dude, I'm 30. Like I would not be at a frat party if I didn't think it would be great content, but <laughs> I'm just, dude, my body can't take it anymore. Just the, shotgun 21 in you wasn't wasn't getting all hyped up trying to rip out like a wolverine or something it's in me i i just can't (laughs) shotgun and chug like i used to but these these young kids that would like to think i can i saw you shotgunning with the boy uh that Bengals fan drew yeah yeah you kicked his ass yeah he was kind of he was kind of struggling he was doing the old like the, that's, know, all the, yeah. that's all part of it. That's all part of it. 
it's all he was of- slow out of the gates, man. Yeah. Real slow out of the gates. You got to make sure you're. Uh, it's not just the chug. It's the it's the crack. It's the everything. But he was a good dude. He was a nice guy. Yeah, he dominated him. Uh, let's let's put on your your fan hat real fast before we let you go. Uh, one thing you think the Cats need to fix heading into the Saturday. The Saturday's a, a massive game, obviously. A chance to bounce back, a chance to take down a team that's looking unreal in Oklahoma. So just one thing you would fix or you think they, they need to. It just feels like there's a lot of times where there's just some poor decision-making. Um, I don't know if it's really turnovers because I don't think they have a ton of turnovers, but I don't know, man. I, I think the run games look good. I don't think the pass game has been great. Yeah. I would say decision decision making from from Emory. Um, I don't know, it, like that game should never have been even in overtime. No, but it just felt like there was like mistake after mistake to just not put them away or not even like it felt like they should have been up just from the jump, but they like it felt like they were never leading. So right. I would say probably some decision making, but. It's tough to really pinpoint something. I don't think it's coaching. I don't think it's defense. It's just mistakes, like mental mistakes here and there. Agree. Red zone. Whew. Yeah. We'll we'll dive into that doom and gloom. We're not going to let you go on a on a sour note. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anything else from uh, from you, Aaron and Ryan? I know, Danny, you gotta gotta head out here soon. I'm good, man. We appreciate you. I mean. I don't know. Everyone's saying you're the curse, man. I don't know. You might be, dude. We can just leave it on the spaghetti tech jumpsuit. I think that it's the young the fans. I think it's the young. The, At I th- 45, I will tell you, Dan, it's nothing to do with the curse. This is just being a Cincinnati sports fan. That's what I said. That's what we this said is, earlier, Chad, before you got he here. Did, he did mention like, that. This, yeah. This is just our life. This is who we are. This is, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, we weren't born in the mud. We, we just live there. That's, I think it's a lot of the younger fans that are in college now that are calling me a curse that really haven't seen uh, yeah. the Bengals or the whatever. I, I think that's the people who are chirping me, which, again, that's fine. Take your anger out. If you need a punching bag, I'll be your punching bag. I'll be the scapegoat. <laughs> right. But Honor, I don't man. think it's me, man. I think – I think, like, like I said, there's been some good years the last couple of years, but to my knowledge, this is just pretty, you know, par for the course, yeah. pretty standard. So it's better I, than I thought it was going to go so far this year, at least. I yeah, I didn't, think they were, I didn't think they were going to beat Pitt. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess we'll take. And it, my my other spin zone is it's not a conference win or not a conference loss, so we're okay. I know <laughs> yeah. it's awful, but yes. we might season have starts won. now. Season starts now. Yes, yeah, season now. starts on Saturday. I would like Chad's opinion. That felt like one of the darkest days in Bearcat recent history. I, I have to admit, Royer, you were six the last time that the Bearcats lost to, to Miami. I know. Think about that. I was a young pup, bro. Well, young pup. I like this, this and then this and then I watched your whole entire 2017 game. season, Royer. Yeah, that's not like when I when I say Dude, you guys almost day. got dog walked by Ohio U in 
<laughs> Listen, man, a dark day is something that just like hits you when you're not ready for it and just stings and it just hurts super bad. It's kind of like we sucked ass my freshman year. We all knew we sucked. We it wasn't we didn't think Miami Brent, what were we saying to each other before the game when we were dapping up? Man, no uh we're gonna be rich. <laughs> That's what we I said, I said, hey, we I, I said, can you believe that spread's only 14, man? Oh man. <laughs> That was my dumbass line. I was saying a bunch of people like I'm, like everyone that hopped on the on the uh, the spread. We're gonna be. I rich. put a lot on it. I put a lot on it. <laughs> yeah. We all did. Yeah, we, we all did. Beers. You can blame it on us for fucking talking money and thinking we had it in the bag. I don't. <laughs> no, I, don't... I you got to take the punches though, as, as a new fan. It though, that's I, what it take is. Take them well. It yeah. can't all just be sunshine and roses when I come in here and take and take my tours of the stadium or whatever. Like, if I'm going to do that, I got to be ready for what comes with that, and that's being called a curse. I'm fine with it. If that's what it is, that's what it is. Look, it not is everybody hilarious. can be Dave where he starts a business and then Boston wins every championship in every sport for a decade. <laughs> that's true. And people do people do tend to forget that I am a Patriots fan, so I'm not a Bengals fan. Yeah. Uh, so even if you guys – if I do curse the Bengals, that's probably a good thing for me as a pastor. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, yeah, and, and and also just show people Dave's uh, half court shot. At, what what was that? A magic yeah, game. Next yeah. time they bring up your uh, your field goal. Uh, listen, us at Barstool, we are not athletes. We never will be. We are. We write about athletes. We make fun of athletes, but we'll never be athletes, especially myself. <laughs> I mean, even hey, business the push is really an down. athlete. The push-ups were the ultimate biz? save. Biz, yeah. Oh, the push-ups weren't bad. Uh, biz is that lost. KG. What'd you say? So that's you going back to you, – you had to have been a, a C's fan growing up, I'm guessing. Yeah. That was your KG bag right there. I doing know, the push-ups. Man. I know. <laughs> I mean, I got a little something left in me from 2011 when I played basketball, but I don't know. I, the, the kicking is never going to happen. <laughs> Are you doing anything with with basketball this week? Uh, I I met Coach West Miller at the uh, at the game very briefly. Uh, I got some of their contacts. I don't think so, but um, I mean, if I they invite me to something, I'll, I'll probably go. But uh, he was a really nice, dude. He was. We talked for like thirty seconds, but he was super pumped to to talk to me. And I was like, again, you're not. You shouldn't be pumped to talk to me. I am starstruck by you. <laughs> I got you. I'll text you. I'll set something up. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's what Cincy does, though. They they embrace good things. And uh, Danny, you've been a good thing, man. So um, I, I'm telling you, the video I'm working on right now from the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I've laughed out loud like no less than a hundred times with all the the funny <laughs> content and the video and the interviews and. Bengals fans like dressed up as WWE characters. It's like they're so passionate, and and as a unbiased guy from the from the Bengals perspective, at least, it's like I just I'm just here to to talk to funny people and get some good videos off the ground, and you guys are making it easy. So I appreciate it. Well, and then and then the Bearcats. You can be a, a legit loyal fan to the Bearcats, baby. We'll 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 keep that train rolling. I no got doubt you. about that. I'm here no for doubt. life. I got the tattoo. I'm here for life. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Tattoo's nice. 
Nice. Um, Maybe we'll get you one on one with like Aziz or something. With who? Aziz Bandago. It's like a oh. seven foot one shot blocker. I thought you said something else. My bad. I was like, who's a Aziz? Um, <laughs> I'm down. I'll play one on one. I'll play one on one. I mean, I, I'll challenge anybody as long as my, what I actually was going to do as, as a series was going to be like, I'm going to play anybody one on one, but they can't be over five foot six. <laughs> And they can't have played basketball past JV, but I'm gonna I'm, I will play anyone that doesn't have either of those. those you don't want to go one on one with Edrin James's kid. <laughs> he would. I mean, Jizzle? Yeah, Jizzle. Yeah, Jizzle. Is he is he here now or is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, he he would he would put in work. I wouldn't I wouldn't even dribble the ball. Twelve and ten all day against five six and no basketball past <laughs> JV, huh? All day, man. That'd be a good series. I would be. I think I. I think I would beat a lot of people. So Ryan, you want to play one on one against Ryan? <laughs> that I mean, I'm 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 like five ten and I played varsity <laughs> basketball, but I didn't play a lot on the court. You know, I was a little bit of the the bench guy, kind of like my football days here. But you know, we still had a good time. <laughs> You were the grinder. You just, yeah, you know, morale guy. <laughs> Rebound, hey, hey, set picks. The, the enforcer. Rebound, you know. The... Oh, yeah. Everybody Real good picks. needs it. Every team needs it. Yeah. Just just the don't guy. Have, don't agree to play the fan game with Ryan. Oh, I feel like man. I've heard that. Yeah, we yeah, talked about it. You about. did. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They just they just oh, put yeah. their heads in a spinning fan. If the Bearcats beat Oklahoma, fan. Dana, we're putting you in a fan. Can you commit oh, to Oh, yeah. It? I like I'll this. do it first to show you that it won't hurt you. But I'm going to let Chad be my PR guy here. Uh, <laughs> yes or no? There's only, been, there's only been one person go to the hospital, right? Your brother? Yeah, my brother. <laughs> the whole but BVP still- will do it. How about that? No. He stuck his head too far up. <laughs> there's a little, there's a, a gray area. You got to keep it above the eyebrows. You don't want any splits. So, no promises. We, we test it though. We put our hand up in it sometimes. See if it hurts. But no promises. Gotta check, gotta check the speed. <laughs> yeah. Turn that down. Turn that down one. Down one. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's oh no, no. Yank the cord. All right, that one's good. All right, throw someone's head up in it. We're good. Probably. All right, well, Dana, let everyone know real quick where they can see the videos when they come out, and and tell tell everyone to be excited because you know I, what what's what's the Dark Knight saying like like it's only dark before the light or something. I don't, I don't even know. I, yeah, I'm trying, to, trying to get trying to get everyone excited to get up in this place. Uh, check out no, my I YouTube, Dana Beers B E E R S as in beers that you drink uh, at a Bearcat game or a Bengal game. Yeah. Uh, listen, boys. It was not a good weekend, but it's going to be okay. No matter what happens, we're in the Big 12, and you always have to find a spin zone for something. It was a non-conference game, okay? If we beat Oklahoma on Saturday, then we can start really talking about how this team and this this university is fitting into the big boys, okay? This is our chance, all right? So do not come in here with the Miami of Ohio Mac, I don't care about the Mac. It was a, it was a war. We're just making sure our guys didn't get hurt, whatever. It's the Oklahoma game that matters, okay? And I know Ryan's laughing down there, but there's a chance. I don't know what the spread's going to be. It's not 14 and a half. Okay. There's what was the red (laughs) hawk? What was the red hawk? 
We were like fourteen point favorites. So hey, exactly. So we all have to bet the Oklahoma take Oklahoma and the points to kind of reverse the mojo. So I mean, listen, it was a bad weekend, but I think by Thursday everyone's going to be back to normal with getting fired up and getting excited. So uh, I'll be here. I won't be as in the mix as I was on Saturday because it's about those kids out there. It's not about me. It's not about it's me. It's because it's a noon game, not a seven o'clock game. Yeah, it's actually, I, there's a very funny clip of, uh, <laughs> there was a flag in the end zone and I was pointing at it, like all fired up, excited, like as if it was on Miami. And then they call it on Cincinnati. And I was just like, <laughs> I look like the dumbest guy in the world. I was like literally next to the flag, like laying down next to it. <laughs> They're like, Oh, it's on Cincy. I'm like, Oh no, that was a bad look. It's a funny clip, but. Uh, but yeah, thank you boys for having me. Anytime you need me, uh, happy to talk to you and happy to be in the mix. So yeah, let's go, Cats. Play 90. I'll text you. I'll see if I can get you in with uh, with some of the basketball guys this week for something. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Awesome. All right. Appreciate Thanks, you, Dana. Appreciate Thanks, you, sir. Later, Thanks, boys. Dana. Go, Cats. There you go. Oh. Dana Beers. Oh. Dana Beers, man. Yeah. So All I, right, so. Now. Funny, funny thing Can I was talk about my anger and frustration and sadness. Yes, or do we we'll want to get keep there? Hold on, we have to. No, we'll we, get we've there. Gotta, right. We'll get there. But it, no, it was funny because I. Uh, so it was. <laughs> it was after the pit game. It's about twelve thirty a.m., one o'clock, and I see Malik Van and Dana tweeting back and forth at each other. I immediately hit up Dana. I'm like, gotta come back on the on the BBP. We gotta, we gotta get the team hype. We're looking, we're looking good. Like, fired up, obviously. And of course, we we go out and <laughs> lose to Miami. It's like, God damn it, this is it's still it's, fine. It's, it's still fine. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Chad, go ahead. Before, but be, wait, before we get before to it, time, before we get to the time before stand, it, because we we still Aaron, need to because, do the Aaron, because, read. Well, I was about to do it because the wheels kind of came off a little bit. You know, it was a team needed an oil change. Every time they hit the red zone, it's like they they drove into a pothole. Uh, that happens to your car. You can head All over to Danco. Yeah, you can head over to Danco Transmission and Auto Care. It's going to be an expensive fix, but you'll get ten percent off if you mention the BBP. If you get that oil change, you'll get ten dollars off. If you mention the BBP, you mention Chad, mention Aaron, mention Royer. Hey. Mention Dana Beers. See if see if Danco Joe hooks it up. He will. Uh, so Danco Transmission, I don't care. We love you, Danco. Thank you for everything. Now, Chad, what's the timestamp? Are, are we sure? Hundred percent sure. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference the Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. All right, have at it, Royer. 31-24, Miami pulls out the win. Uh, first win in 18 years. Royer, you were six years old. Last time that a loss like this took place, um, floor is yours, man. Um, I guess the one positive note I will put in 
is when you go back, if you go back and if you start the game at the 14 minute mark in the first quarter and you watch it without a scoreboard, you would think that we won by a decent amount. Yep. Then if you take that point, you take that touchdown off the board and you get two or three of the red zone trips as touchdowns and you, or let's throw in the wide open D Wiggins to end the first half as well. We're up by, that's a, that's, that's like over, it's a damn near 30 point swing in the first half. That game's over, but you let up a touchdown in the first half, first play of the game. And you don't convert at all in the red zone. You have a fourth down play on the fourth and one. Then you have a whole different ball game. And then icing on the cake, you have every bit of chance to just skate by ass fucking backwards, win by three, and you get a fucking field goal blocked with 10 seconds left to go in the game. And then you watch the victory bell get rang on the seapaw. And I mean, it's just. Were you ready to fight? It's actually, I was. So I went to the game with my girlfriend. You guys met her before the game, and we're up there, and I'm like joking around with her about my bet, like, oh yeah, like, sorry babe, lost us a hundred bucks, no dinner for you, like shit like that. And I'm like, all right, we'll still just freaking win, and. They, they lose. And she's like, she's like, she thinks I probably just want to get out of there. She's like, hi, right, like, come on, we can just go. I'm like, no, we have to watch. So I just stood there, just watched the bell get, getting wrong, just them jumping up and down. She obviously didn't really understand why, but she had to sit there with me and <laughs> in pain. But yeah, I don't know. Do you guys agree with that? Kind of like, yeah, they dominated you, everything but the scoreboard. Like, it's that's a game that they win nine times out of ten if it's if you play it yeah. almost, you know, like straight up the way that they played it, like almost 600 yards of offense. Like, guys, the red zone stuff, they had, they were, they were, they had six touchdowns and nine trips <laughs> to the red zone, three field goals. They were nine for nine coming into this game. It's not like it was something like a, a pattern that was developing. It was something that was specific to this game. And yeah. like at some point in time, like I, I know a lot of people were um, upset. Like it's, is it the play calling? Is it like, it doesn't matter. Execution wise, you should be able, you should be able to line up at the two yard line and score against Miami. Like, yep. like 100%. let's yeah. not like try to overcomplicate things here. Or, like, like create things to be mad about, put the ball in the damn end zone from the two yard line against an inferior opponent. Like, like yeah. that's what it comes down to. Like right. man up, win your blocks, win your assignment, get the ball in the end yeah. zone. Like you can't let Miami big boy you at the two yard line over and over again. Yeah, yeah there's eight snaps from the two yard line, yep. 17 snaps from the 10 and in, and they scored two touchdowns or no, one touchdown. One, I think they won the their D line kind of set the tone on a, it. It wasn't like they were dominating our O line, but like the expectations we our O line played so damn good versus Pitt, 
against arguably one of the best defenses. Top three, like we were talking about last week, top three defenses we're going to see all week. Mm-hmm. Very good run stopping, very good front seven. And then we show we come here and we we just I think Miami outplayed expectations greatly, especially in yeah. the short yardage. And you know, I've I've talked about this before in the red zone. It's hard. It's it, it's advantage to the defense to keep you out of the end zone because the the no passing room. game, yeah, gets gets like cut down by 90%. Right. Essentially, it's just who's got the fucking coyones, who's gonna stop the run. Mm-hmm. And they were stopping the run, and that's yeah. inexcusable because it like I don't know if Satterfield felt that we couldn't get the job done. So he, he, he didn't want to just say, all right, fuck these guys. We're going four runs in a row. You fucking stop us. Because sometimes I felt like the offense in general kind of went kind of stale at some points during the game. I think, cause we were better than them on paper, man on man. Maybe they were kind of scheming up like, yeah, we're going to run the ball at them more. We're going to do, we're not going to kind of have that dynamic feel of like the motion, the triple option. Um, cause they were, we're just better than Miami on paper. Like that we should, we should be able to run the ball on them. We should be able to get open one-on-one more conventionally. And I just felt that the game plan kind of was hitting the fan and I would have liked us to react a little bit better in terms of going back to being more dynamic on offense getting the motion out there, get the triple option look out there with the motion, especially in the red zone, inside the 10. One, because what I tell you guys about the, the triple, it's it's a numbers game. Yeah. And when you don't have space in the red zone, you need numbers. So yeah. let's isolate these fuckers as much as possible. Let's get them out in the triple, kind of like how we tried to do on the one play where the on the uh, where their safety made a hell of a tackle on Emory. Stuff like that with motion across, I would have liked to see a lot more of, especially with the red zone struggling. Um, But, and then on defense, you had, I think they they had a a really good scheme to kind of like fizzle out our pressure by let's get guys going quick in the seams, in the holes of coverages where we can avoid pressure and we can also avoid them getting time to get in their zone spots. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, they seem like they had an, they just, Miami answered well. They, they played well. They had a good game plan. They outperformed their expectations and we underperformed and we had the worst losses probably in a long time. <laughs> yeah. They still only completed 12 passes. Like it wasn't like, yeah. They were throwing all over the place. Now, what they did take advantage of is when you put a safety to double their number one wide receiver or to shadow their number one wide receiver over the top, Opens now up. you don't have that extra body in the box for the quarterback. I mean, he was just he was just exiting through the A-gap. Like, he wasn't scrambling and rolling out. He was waiting, and as soon as it wasn't there, straight through the A or B-gap and up the field, and – you know, I think they spied Dingle once. They spied Threats once um, that I noticed. But other than that, like, they were they were trying to, to cloud Larvadine or whatever the hell his name is, um, that, you know, with the guy over the top of him. Mm-hmm. And that left the middle of the field pretty wide open for whenever Gabbard – like, credit to him. Um, yeah. He had great feel for it. Like, he did a great job escaping right out the front door. 
Yeah. I I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, Roy, you can attest to this. When when you kind of game plan against one thing, you know, I, I mean, coming into the game, I, what, Brett Gabbert, I, I'm sure that, that he wasn't circled as a potential rushing threat by any means. Um, but Not like that. No, not at all. I, I mean, I think he had something like 400 total yards in his six-year career, and he just got a bulk of it in this game, um, you know, almost a fourth of it in the, in the game on Saturday. I, but do you feel like the adjustment was good enough? Because, I mean, even in the overtime, it was the first play was Brett Gabbert finding a crease in the, you know, in the pass rush and then taking it, what, however many yards, 17 yards or whatever it was to get, a first down and then set them up first and goal and then they scored on the next play. I, it, it seemed like, you know, once you start to slowly see this is happening, then you probably do need to have that spy a little bit more than you did. Yeah, but that's what they wanted you to do because then you take off the double on Larvadine and you can right. try to go over the top or like go big play to him. Like that's what they're trying to bait you into doing. By, yeah. by doing that. And, you know, it's just the chess match. I mean, the, the game with the pass rush just was never getting home. So it's like, why well, that's not the problem. one that, of those guys that was blitzing and holding back? You know what I mean? Brent, that is inherently the problem with a team that, that gets the ball out fast. Like, we, we talked about this going into the pit game. Like, or the Eastern Kentucky game, not the pit game. Um, like, if a team does exactly that, one, two, bang. One, two, bang. Like, get the ball out, get the ball out. The pass rush is never going to get home right. because it, for that, it requires just somebody running free in order to get to the quarterback on time. Like if there's any resistance at all, the ball's already gone by the time the pass rush gets there. Like that's, that's the inherent, right, Ryan? That's the inherent flaw with everybody up the field is you can quick game it to death. Yeah. You could quick game it, but uh, other thing I think we were struggling, I, and you guys are kind of mentioning how guys said like they felt like they're going to be able to just go play more this year um, with um, the the new defensive scheme. And sometimes that when you're blitzing guys and like they're they're just going out there and and trying to win their one on one, like you're going to have guys get out of their blitz lanes, and so you're going to have like you saw like the whole side of the line would just sh- like get picked up on a blitz. Uh, go to the all to the right or all to the left, and you just have this huge lane right up the middle, because guys like we're we're playing with our hair on fire. Guys are trying to win, and if they're emphasizing speed, violence, aggression, sometimes that guys are gonna, you know, they might leave their lane a little bit or kind of just sell out. So now you have this overstacked line of scrimmage where the quarterback can just step up in the pocket. There's no one there, and the blitz essentially just negates itself and just opens up a huge hole for um for the quarterback so i that was one thing i noticed a lot when i went back and watched the game was not only were our blitzes getting um negated by quick game but i think our rushes were kind of getting out of their rush and blitz lanes so that that scramble opportunity for gabbert was just so easy and just like he said it was like I, I could have been running out. I could have ran and done all that shit, like just take walking. Like, and that's not that, you know, it's, it's not like a major MA on the defense, but it's, that should be something that should be picked up on. That should be an adjustment. And if, if we don't want to, 
if we if we can't feel like we can slow the guys down, then yeah, we need to spy a guy more. But you know, it happened like five times where Miami kind of bailed themselves out with just fifteen On tough like third screen. downs and yeah, in certain fourth down, yeah, it was or it getting was out of bad field position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. You know, there's the whole offensive, you know, schedule. You get a, you get a, you know, first set of down schedule. You create, you know, a, a, a script. I mean, script plays that you're going to run as an offense. And you kind of mentioned that and kind of, you know, rep these throughout practice throughout the week so you can come out and look sound. Defensively, Ryan, my question to you is, is, is there a defensive script? Is there some something that you kind of mentioned like, hey, let's let's keep an eye out on this, that, or the other in the first set of downs because they're going to probably look to go to this because that that first play you mentioned, yes, let's if, if you take that first play away and, and say they three and out, Cincinnati could have easily outgained Miami and, and sure the whole game would be different then, but could have outgained Miami by like 250 plus yards. It, it's just it's an insane stat to look at, but the first play did happen. It was 79 yard touchdown pass to the number one guy who was, you know, highlighted bold everything granted they shut him down after that but what what goes into that opening script defensively and do you think that the the blown assignment or the missed assignment whatever on the coverage it just seemed like that 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 simply can't be something that happens yeah so we so we have a, a call sheet that we our defense gets schemed into like x amount of calls for x amount of position for X amount of uh, scenarios and X amount of blitzes, different fronts. So we have like, we kind of condense the playbook down into this mini playbook that we, that's based on the game plan for each offense, what we think it's going to, what we're going to like. And we have it for a first and second down package. And we have that for third down and like fourth and short and anything you can think of. We have everything kind of game plan, just kind of like, an you don't have the, you know how an offense schemes up. We want these plays. Same thing with the defense. Um, but I I don't even think it was a blown coverage. I just think that, you know, he got a step and ball goes in the right spot. And Jay Harris just, just kind of got beat a little bit. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell because I, you know, the defense is a little different. I can't really see and know exactly what the schemes are. I didn't notice that he might have thought he had um, – safety over the top I don't it didn't look like that to me I could be wrong but um you know it's it wasn't like terrible coverage but I mean he was he had a step on him and ball was right where it needed to be but yeah you you literally I mentioned this before you take that play away like we dominate the first half and we're there we missed two 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 touchdowns we miss on deep balls. We had just the like the red zone, the whole thing. Yeah, it, it was a, it wasn't a major problem coming in, but it was obviously a major problem. It was it's it's the reason why we lost the game. Um, if you want to like pin it on one aspect of the game, that and the maybe if you want to say the scrambling of the quarterback, I don't know because there wasn't really anything else on defense. We didn't really have any bad penalties on D we had one PI it was a bad moment but we weren't like penalty ridden um I don't know it just it just it's it, it hurt even more when I rewatched the game because I was like damn like we should not have lost we they dominated. Like, they dominated. dominated but dominated. but Miami made the right 
like all, like it yeah. just was the perfect storm and again it's one of those like it, it, it's happened like three times where Miami probably should have won the game over the last 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Cincinnati, for whatever reason, just man, you know, I mean, obviously it, it, the mind goes to Malik Clements in the, the five worst minutes of coaching in the history of football by Chuck Martin. Um, but who's still waiting for that check probably, by the way, what a fucking yeah, he can go fuck off with that. Yeah. <laughs> Let him um, wait. Um, uh, but you know, uh, who the hell let the big noon kickoff announcement out before the game? Uh, Fox, BH, they announced it at halftime of the noon game. Like what, what, huh? Fox did the team, the, the company broadcasting it announces at halftime the week before where they're going for the next week. So Fox. Another thing this I is, forgot to mention. This is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I want to get to this first, Ryan. Yeah. On offense, stop the constant subbing, allowing the defense to slow their replacements and slowing down the offensive pace of play. This is something I noticed last year that um, the only part I noticed, Jawan Briggs and, and yeah, Dante, for sure. Yeah, when Juwan they would Dante. get subbed out, they would they would light jog essentially Tr- walking trot. with their walking with their arms moving fast um to to slow things down extra like, time i think out. you have to look at going to you know two three four plays with the same personnel on the field um because like the, the way it happens in college is the second that you sub the other team is allowed to sub and that is like now, like whatever that trend was that started last year has caught on big time this year and people are milking it. Like it, it, they, they are subbing like Miami basically had a one for one. Uh, one of their D linemen would sub for each other every time Cincinnati would sub. It's a smart play. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Think about this. Think about how crazy this is. It happened on almost every play. Cincinnati still ran 91 plays. They ran 91 snaps in that game with Miami trying to slow them down. They might have had 750 yards of offense uh, if they readjusted. Like, that is one thing I'm going to ask Sat tomorrow. Like, it is obvious this is, like, something that is – because I've seen it in other games, too, where Mm -hmm. this is happening, where teams are just purposely – trying to bleed the clock down under 10 seconds uh, as, as soon as you sub, like, do you have to adjust? Do you have to look at it and say, like, we can't look at this is what we want to do on first down, and then we want to bring an extra tight end uh, for this, and then we have – we want to sub Aaron Turner for Braden Smith here because maybe we have a little bit of a gadget. Like, I, I almost think you have to start calling – if you want to avoid it, you have to start calling plays in bundles and saying we're going to run two, three plays with the same personnel uh, and then sub and then run two, three plays with the same personnel and then sub. Like, Because if not, you're going to allow teams. And that's that's what inferior teams want to do, right? They want to slow you down. They want to yeah. make the game a slog because you're more talented than them. Yeah. If they have to continue with that defense defending your snaps – it's going to wear them down and, and they're not going to be able to hold up. 
Yeah, it's like the guys that used to fake injuries during like Oregon when Oregon was super fast, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But yeah, Ryan, you're, you, I mean, that had to be something that I know you weren't on the team last year, but something that Luke probably was like, listen. Oh, no, they were doing that. Yeah. That, that started. They were, my Jay would do it. Like we, we had all, like, I remember. Yeah, but my Jay was, like was fast. Taunt. So my Jay's yeah. jog to the sideline was fast, <laughs> right? Like, Dante and Jawan could like they just do like the shuffle step and move their arms, and it's like, well, I'm trying, but I'm also 330 <laughs> pounds, and it's gonna take me yeah. a little while to get over there. Yeah, no, that's it's smart. I I'm just trying to think of like what we I feel like most of the time our packages don't change a ton in terms of full on like personnel capabilities, so I think it's something that we can adjust to. Quite easily. He, he clearly, um, I, the past two games, has subbed on nearly every play. At least one sub on again? nearly every play. He, he pretty clearly, in the because Pitt did it too, he clearly has subbed offensively on almost every snap. Yeah. Chad, I think I, I saw why. in the uh, – there was like one set of downs where it was when Emory had his rushing touchdown late, you know, uh, in the second half at – where he kind of, he had um, Evan out there, and he used Evan in the Wildcat, and they they kind of kept that same group out there, and I think that was able to speed up Miami, and that was able to to have the opening for Emory to take it. So, I I, I agree with you. If you have like a maybe set like a certain group of plays with with each you know set of wide receivers, and kind of just churn it out, and then if if it does get stopped, or if you do get to a certain place that you're comfortable with, then you sub because it, it does throw off the rhythm of the game. And when you're kind of rooting and, and, and rolling the way that they were at certain times, once you get into the red zone, you make that sub, it's like everyone just kind of resets and the momentum kind of stops. So I do agree. Keeper, this is dumb. I'm sorry. This is dumb. I love you. You've been here forever. This is dumb. We have been lauding him as an offensive coach and play caller and designer of great like sets and plays for two weeks and they 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 almost get 600 yards against Miami and now we're gonna like does he have more than 10 plays come on man like let's not do this yeah. let's not fall into this yeah. trap very let's, true let's, I still can't here, believe that here's what I want to say Ryan let's not start worrying about things like there are things to worry about Let's not get lost in the weeds on like, like, you know, you heard a Louisville fan one time say that he only calls 10 plays. So now that becomes like a thing that we have to like, you know, talk about. If you think he runs 10 plays, you haven't been watching the games. Like they've run a ton of different stuff. 12 personnel, you know, 11 personnel. They've, they've, they've spread things out. They've gone... You know, the Eastern Kentucky game, they went deep regularly. Um, the Pitt game, they knew that it had to be quick. They, they changed the entire game plan for that. I don't know. Like, I wonder. It's funny. Like, I wonder if they looked. Like, if you looked at Miami's numbers coming into the game, they were terrible. Stopping the run and the pass. Like, out of 138 or whatever teams it is now, they were in the hundreds in almost every defensive metric. 
So I wonder if offensively they might have looked at this and just said, look, we're going to be able to like run our base, like our our stuff, and be able to tear this defense apart. Yeah. That's what right? I felt like I was watching a lot. That's what I went. It just felt a little staler just because I think it was like a hey, mano a mano. We're better. We should kind of like, if we take care of business, we'll be able to run the ball down their throat. We'll be right. able to pass the ball to whoever, whenever we want. And it kind of felt like there was like bursts of that where it was like the offense churning down the field, like and receivers just open, open, open. I yeah. just felt that the run game was just a little bit behind, especially compared to last week. And especially well, if you compare it was with Kiner, but it Miami's wasn't with Ryan. Monty came in and was Monty came in and was yeah. super effective. Yeah, Monty Monty did really really well. I think that's it's great that you have like him, Kiner, and Miles. Like that's just obviously like if if Ky- if something's not fitting right for Kiner, if he's not seeing it right away, that means shit. You have Ryan come in and just as dynamic. I really yeah. liked what he had. One thing I've been trying to get out though for a while, which. I didn't really pay attention to too hard until when I rewatch. I absolutely hate the. Why are we doing like Dante and and Jawan down yeah. on the goal line? Like you go, to get dude, you still have down like the the linebacker and a D lineman both on that edge, just like unblocked, yeah, and stop us. It's like. We we shouldn't be like messing around like with shit like that. Yeah, that's just not put, a game to put get cute. Yeah, you put in Barrett Fall, put in McCalmont, put in your four package. Yeah, they got end, cute. Yeah, and just they know how to block. Don't listen. You're not going to be able to teach Dante and Juwan how to like block properly in like a day or two of practice, like right. Which is probably what they did. So don't do that shit. Just put in the tight ends and there's a good chance we have a touchdown there, not a fourth and one exit with no points. There's a, there's a way to use a fat guy from defense on offense. And that's as a fullback. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, put, get him running down the backfield or, or like smashing into somebody or like put him like right behind the quarterback. You don't want and, them going and, and lateral, the, having a block down. Well, on well Ryan, run, Ryan, run a zone scheme. Ryan, how about this? You, yeah, I you, like that at all. you, you put uh, Jawan and Dante right behind Emery, and then you put Emery under center, and then you snap the ball, and then you all push Emery. Yeah. What about that? that? Work a little QB work. sneak. My that's my question to you guys. I, they ran the QB sneak against EKU. Ran it again a couple fourth down situations. The, the, the previous two weeks, they picked up a first down. They picked up the yardage needed every single time. Why on these fourth and two? I mean, fourth and goal from the one and, you know, first and goal from the two, like, why not just try it? Like, I, I, I don't understand. Is there something against this, the, the QB sneak? I, I don't know. I feel like if it worked before, unless they really didn't like the, the matchup right there on the, at the point of attack. I'm still I'm curious if the college rules are a little different on that. You think they're a little more. Like, I don't know that you can do what they're allowing in the NFL. And I mean, the NFL's I've, even tried to like, like, like dial it back a little bit where you just up line up. Say, can't let these guys do that. But no, I I've watched numerous games where they did do the QB sneak and they and they did do the push. And I don't know. It just, it just seems like you know 
especially on that play, it, they ran like a counter pretty much to him. And it's like, it's a, it was a weird, weird look. And somehow it was, I don't know, I'd go under center and just hog molly your way in with the QB sneak. You're muted. You're Jack. muted. You're muted. Can't deny play calling has a lot of question marks, though. They have moved the ball up and down the field all three games. Like, what? I don't, I don't, like, what? Yes, they were bad in the red zone on Saturday. But this notion that his play calling has been bad when everybody loved his play calling all the way up until the fourth quarter of Pittsburgh. And and now the play calling worked for 580 yards, 70 yards, whatever it was. They struggled in the red zone, which, guess what? Some of that is also, as Ryan has talked about, that is for an offense, the defense has the advantage. Because it's a shorter field. Like, Tony and I were talking in the end zone. Uh, one of the times they were at, like, the – I think they were at, like, the four. And he's like, I'd throw a fade. And I'm like, yeah, but the angles on a fade from the four-yard line, like, the DBs – the DB's only got it like maximum 14 yards. So, like, there's no element of surprise there. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have minded maybe throwing a fade. And I think they did throw one to, to Henderson um, later in the game. But, you know, they tried the quick slant on the inside to D. Wiggins. Like, they tried a couple different things throwing the ball in those situations. That also didn't work. Like, it, it was a complete failure of all systems in the red zone. And guess what? If you're a coach, you should be able to call halfback dive from the two-yard line against Miami and get a fucking touchdown. That's not on the head coach calling the plays. That's on the interior of the line. We talked about this Saturday night. I felt great about the interior of this offensive line through two games. They did not play well against Miami. Miami had their way with the interior of this offensive line in that game. Yep. And, and that can't happen. That can't happen. No. So get on the play calling all you want. Sure. Like, guess what? Against Miami with the ball at the, at the two yard line, eight times, the play calling doesn't need to be exotic. <laughs> Punch the ball no. in the fucking end zone. Yeah, like that, like it, it doesn't have to be. Oh, let's get cute. Let's get fancy. They got fancy on the last play. Yeah, trying to run a dig route across the middle of the end zone, and the guy fell down. Yep, and it ended, the game well, ended in an interception because they, they got, got fancy. Comfortable. They got fancy with the Corleone and Juwan Briggs stuff too, where they tried to run a misdirection with sure. whatever that was. But but uh, they did get creative, and it didn't yeah. work. They did get. They, yeah. Like they, they tried every. My point is, they tried to fade, they tried to slant, they tried to dig, they tried running at them. Like they, 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 they had. God knows they had enough snaps. Seventeen snaps inside the ten. It, it wasn't like they ran three plays. They ran a bunch of different stuff. Miami stopped all of it. At some point in time, the guys on the field have to go win the damn matchups. Yep. And I, I think one thing I would say could be an adjustment. It just. It's sometimes it felt like on the goal line. I, like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm furious. Like uh, nobody's defending anything. G Mac, 
We're talking about it. If we can't fucking talk about it, what's the point of having a show? I'm telling you, they weren't boring. They weren't predictable. They tried a bunch of different shit, and none of it worked. I think we all agree. It's, it's un- We're also all in agreement, same team, that it is unacceptable. We all agree that. Oh, Us? It's unacceptable. It's unexcusable. It's no, I'm incongruable. To, 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 to go one of seven, that's not anything that anybody it's bad. wants to You see. have to be better. Correct. You have to line up across from Miami. That's, and that's the same thing. You can't say you can't say you have to be better and then say it's not not unacceptable. Like oh, no, it's, it's the same the, thing. The it's semantics. You just use out. different. You just use different words. Yeah, because it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Okay, well then, what what are you gonna do? You're gonna fire. The, it's unacceptable. So the coach. My point fired. is, my my point is, we're we're all in agreement. Me, you, and GMAC, we all agree that one of seven is god awful, and you have to it's fix bad. it. That's yes. it. it. Sometimes it feels like, especially with the short yardage, they feed the the line and the way they like use their tight ends feels very like laterally. Well, that's I would like, zone, right? Yeah, I would like I but like even their alignment, like when you're looking at the line, it's like this long line. Then there's like the running back. Like I would like to get, like, it's get a tight end on the ball, and then get an get an H back tight end. Either stack them like they like to do with Falk, or get Falk. a motion in, and let's get more right at, right at the guard tackle gap, and let's just go straight downhill and push and lead block. See, this is the type of stuff that's worth talking about. Then like the yeah. the random like throwing talking points in the air and see what sticks. It's outside zone, like what they want to run is moving the line this way, moving the line that way, like trying to, to confuse the defense. Well, in red zone, they just come up the field. Like it, it doesn't matter like if you if you go this way and fake back that way or this way, like they just come at you. And I do think there's like maybe a need for more like at the point of attack. Just yeah, go. Just Blow the inferior yeah. opponent off the line and score your touchdown. You yeah. know what they could do that would actually be a very good package? Corleone and Briggs with a, uh, a stacked a stacked eye. One of them's the fucking fullback, yeah, the other that. one's right next to him, and you yeah. just run downhill, and they just let those fuckers just – just let them run. Let them run and yeah. see how many they can get in the way of. And just yeah. then say, Mr. Kiner, Mr. Montgomery, applies to both Montgomerys, you just follow follow the big fucks ahead of you, and you will get a yard to four yards every time. Yeah. That would be good. I don't like that. Like, at, at left tackle and, you know, yeah, uh, left yeah. like a, a, an extended tight end. Out no, there. those were those were two two tight ends, damn near wide receivers on the far, far side. I, yeah, I mean, that I, was just a, I love it. That I was didn't. getting like like that was like an oh, look who's out on the field. And, and you know Instead who else said that? Score the damn touchdown. But you know who else said, ooh, look who's out on the field? Miami. Miami. <laughs> and then they like were like, all right, well, we know where this ball's going. Like. Yeah, but it, it went the mis- they countered. It went the opposite yeah. way, and they were still no, there. It, no, it, it went that way. It went left, but no, like the 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 line went right, and then it went left. I, I, it's basically, I, like I think, they wanted to. It looked like they wanted to just have Dante and fucking um, Jawan just like 
push everything down and then yeah. run run uh, the running back off their ass. But, like, they just pushed down and, like, two guys were unaccounted the for. They were just immediately yeah, – immediately yeah. in the – I mean, what are backfield. what are defensive lines supposed to do with 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 yeah, pulling guard? You know. follow them, you know. Yeah, but those I guys don't know. It's not their fault. No, but <laughs> I think the triple option, though, I think that's something they should really think about in that red zone if they're still having trouble. Because, you know, I said this before, space is gone, so you have to win your numbers. And if you get fucking um, our gadget guy, just quick motion Turner. and yeah. either run the triple same side or run it opposite mm-hmm. the running back go opposite. Then Emery can read to go with his motion guy into a double option. Like that would be like, cause then Emery can like how he tried to do it. He can just, that guy's on an Island. I'm going to stick my foot in the ground. All I need is one or two yards or I could just pitch it out and let him run to the pylon. I just yep. think that, I think that would be a great, great adjustment for their oh, red right. zone shit. Well, the other thing I would say, like, hey, guess what? That Shaman two-point play worked uh, to perfection. How about we try that? We'll try that on, on, on second and goal from the two. Like, if, you're gonna, yeah. if it's your two-point play, at some point in time, you have to say, let's run the two-point play. We're at the two-point marker. Let's run the two-point play. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get him just standing open in the back of the end zone to catch a touchdown pass. Oh. Yep. Then and- you don't need the two. You don't need the two if you run more shaman. You know, I maybe maybe a throwback. Hey, speaking of that, that throwback, we we should have picked that off, man. Oh, Taj should have picked that off. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we should have we should have done a lot of damn things. Let's be honest. But <laughs> um, we we are going to give some roses. A, a, another really good game for Xavier Henderson. Uh, Aaron is looking better I'll and try, better by the game. Try him in the red zone a little bit more. <laughs> right. Aaron's looking better and better every game with his uh, prediction of, of Xavier leading the team in, uh, in catches. So uh, shouts to Aaron. Um, but still. Not be close. Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of blowing up. But uh, still, it, it, it seemed like, do you think Miami did a good job scheming to keep Braden Smith at bay? Or was this yeah. kind of just a, just a situation I where know. Emory saw a – an opportunity to really hammer in because I think Xavier caught, I think he only had like 13 targets and caught 12. Of them. So, well, it, you know, a lot of it was Brandon it was a lot, just dig routes. They were playing so yeah. far off of him because they didn't want him to go over top that right. I think him and him and Emery were just like, look, if they're going to give me eight every time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take the eight. Like right. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, go, go, go stop, turn around, catch it. Here's nine yards. If I make the guy miss, I'll get, what he had 22 on the one, um, 20, 20 around there, whatever on his, the one that he broke for deep was 22. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that was a dig route. Like, so mm-hmm. I think that was just Miami was playing off and the two of them just said, okay, well then we will punish them, you know, down yeah. the field as much as they will let us, because if you're just going to let them stop and catch eight yard passes every time, then I, I'm going to throw them an eight yard pass every time. Right. I, you know, I, I think one thing we didn't see that Royer was kind of touching on a little bit was like that, that sexy motion and then snapping it while Braden's still going in motion and finding him with a, with a quick outer, you know, some, some sort of a, 
semi gadget play to just get the ball in his hands and and, and get him yeah. rolling. And same with Turner as well. Uh, you know, they tried to do the double, the, the reverse, I guess. I don't know if you would call it a double reverse, but the the pitch back to Turner that was just a that was a rough rough pitch. But um, I don't know. It it seemed like Miami was kind of selling out a lot on defense, uh, where it was kind of just like get up field and just cause havoc. And I feel like it might have just flustered. Emery at times when he was rolling out and had him, you know, instead of pausing and trying to find someone open, he instead, you know, was throwing it away or, you know, throwing it kind of at the ground or just, you know, I don't know. It seemed like they, they did a good job of just saying, let's just attack, attack, attack. And, you know, I think I mentioned that to Aaron a couple of times who, you know, it was like, it was like, gosh, when, you know, either find someone open or, or cut it up or something like that. But, I think they did a good job getting upfield defensively. The second that they saw Emory rolling out, they're like attack him. So um, I don't know. A, a, a lot of adjustments need to be made, but we we do need to touch on the field goal. Um, and now the the growing talk on the board, of course, is is you know we saw the whole new rule change where the clock still rolls after a first down up until the final two minutes. Well, the other rule is one that isn't really talked about as much, and and that's under the final two minutes or it might be the full game, but I know for a fact under the final two minutes, you can't call consecutive timeouts and the, the Cincinnati called a timeout, you know, set up the field goal, this, that, and the other. Then Miami came out with, with seven players on the right side of Cincinnati's uh, field goal line. And when you're trying to, to, to use what, what is it? Three guys to block seven or, or, or four guys to block seven someone one or at least two people are, is going to be screaming off that edge untouched. I don't know if, if it's game planned enough up to this point to take people are mentioning, take a delay of game, take a false start. So you can kind of discuss and adjust, but you know, Ryan, you, you, you were, were heavily involved in special teams. I, when you see that unbalanced side of a line, are you not worried about it because it's kind of a you know 35 yard chip shot where you kind of hope to get it snapped and, and up fast enough where the block isn't even there? Or is that as un- unbalanced of a you know kick block line where you do need to suddenly make a quick change? Well, it's it's kind of where you have the what are you gonna the off guy? That's kind of game plan where guys shouldn't be able to run from that edge and get there and block it within the certain operation time. But Burton said their op, their op was on time. There was no snap hold. Good snap hold kick. It was all within their, their, uh, um, their operation time needed to get it off. But I don't know, like normally, normally maybe we didn't line up properly. Maybe everything was a little shrunken down, I'm not sure because normally where that guy's at, it's supposed to be that it's very, very hard for anyone outside of him to get there in time. So it maybe it was just a, you know, the combination of the line sh- shifted down a little bit more than normal or Peyton was just a little bit inside than what he sh- should have been or a little bit shallow instead of deep so that the guy uh, had to go around. It made yeah. a better angle for him. But that's about all I know about that stuff. I mean, it did come off the edge, so no one is technically supposed to have a hand on him. But it's I I I don't know I don't know their 
like the, I don't know their PA, their field goal scheme. And so I wouldn't be able to get into details. I don't really know, but just unfortunately, I, don't, I just, yeah. I don't know how you signal that. Right. Like what? take a delay a game, like in the, in the heat of the moment, like, okay. Like you're trying to see Call it from the, the field. Yo, fire, got fire. I don't know. It's because if yeah, it, but you're in a different replay, stadium, it's a little loud nip at night. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, if you if you game. watch the replay, he like like you said, Ryan, it, like you know, Peyton went down, and I'm sure that's what you're supposed to do is is block down. But that guy came screaming off the edge, completely untouched, and didn't even look un, look unbothered. It didn't seem like it was you know part of the snap, hold, or kick. It just did seem like well, first off, the guy made a great play. Second off, it it just was completely untouched. So I don't know. I didn't know if I mean, if, maybe if, if you get one hand on him. Yeah, enough to like kick him out where he doesn't get a free run. Like even if you just shove him, maybe I don't know. I don't know because it it was unfortunate. Because I mean, Carter Brown had he had a great game up to that point. I mean, Chad, I was I I constantly was thinking that you're going to probably going to be giving him the uh, player of the game as as if if he would have came out. He was about to be right. He was about to be would have had to be. GMAC, I didn't scare off Crypt Keeper. He's fine. He knows I love him. He's been here forever. Um, th- this is for Ryan, I guess. Uh, uh, you would know better than any of us. Uh, he doesn't want to assume anything, but do you think the guys are kind of overlooking this game, especially with a lot of talk of ending this rivalry uh, because we've dominated it for so long? I don't think guys worry about that personally. Like, that's just fan talk that, you know, I don't think gets to the players. but. You're coming off the pit win. You've got Oklahoma looming national TV next week. Like, do you think it's a possibility? I would say that I, I like you don't get you don't move the ball straight up and down the field the way they did. I think if you're overlooking, like I don't think they played bad outside of one area. What are your thoughts? Thanks for the donation, yeah. though, Connor. Yes, I agree, Chad. And I, when you tell me like they almost are, they almost had six hundred yards. Like, how do you have twenty eight point six hundred yards and lose, right, all together? Eight trips to the red zone. Eight, eight. Thirty yeah. first down. Four points. Thirty first down. Thirty first down. To Miami, sixteen. Or 30, almost thirty four minutes time of possession. To Miami, sixteen. Oh. Right. Yeah, it's it's just one of those fluky ass. Like it's just. Nothing makes sense about it. It was um, as fluky as that 14-point spread. So I think the guys are ready to play. I think just a lot of things didn't go our way. A lot of things went their way. I mean, I don't I don't know. It's hard to convey the seriousness of a rivalry to a staff that has virtually no idea about it. Um, I don't I never didn't hear from any of the guys. They felt like the coaches didn't take it seriously or anything. I mean, they seemed ready to go. I mean, when you if you go down and write down everything that happened, like everything that like we messed up or we didn't make happen, and then everything that kind of just happened for that first play touchdown, um, just the Red Sea departing on a lot of big third downs, a lot of big opening yeah. plays for them, just overthrowing for the, the touchdown to pass at the end of the first half, and then yeah. a pick the very next well, play. I, I did want to talk to, to Royer about that. The the missed deep shot to Wiggins. Yeah, we were humming there. That was like so 
So I was standing pretty close to it, like as double pad, double padded it. Well, here's what I think. Tell me he what you think. Instead of airing no. it out. No, here's what I well, I, I think there's a reason he did that. Because I think when he let go of the ball, Wiggins was running a fly just straight down the sideline. And that's where Emory threw the ball. But as Emory was letting the ball go, what are receivers taught to do in those situations where it takes a little bit longer? Like you drift towards the middle, right? Like you're, you're giving him more area towards wow. the middle of the field. So you can see Wiggins just kind of start yeah. to drift a little towards the middle. And when you watch where the ball landed, I think Emory threw the fly. Like, I think he just saw him streaking down the sidelines and said, okay, this is my spot. If Wiggins continues straight down the sideline, that's an easy catch. Like, if you look where the ball landed, that's an easy catch because it was thrown to the sideline and not thrown. Hmm. If Emory waits one more beat and he sees Wiggins kind of drifting, he knows throw that thing more towards the middle and give him – because he had beaten the DB badly, give him the space to run under it. And I think instead he double pumped looking at the fly and saying, okay, he's going to stay on the sideline. Let's throw it down the sideline. And if you look, the ball lands here and Wiggins is like here. That yeah. was just my, like I was standing on that sideline, maybe five yards from where the ball landed. And that's what it looked like to me. Like, is that plausible to you that that is what wide yeah. receivers are kind of taught to do? I don't know, though. I don't know that. I've never I've never heard that before. But that makes sense, what you're saying. Well, yeah. I mean, I he, it wasn't like he broke to the post. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he yeah. kind of just gave him a little bit more room, a little bit more airspace. And Emory had already let the ball go to where he would have been. You know, it wasn't yeah. drastic. Like, he didn't, like, cut like this. He just kind of, like, like drifted a little bit more towards the middle where the first 30 yards of that route were straight down the sideline. Uh -huh. um, that, that's what that I saw sense. from standing there. Because he beat the, beat the brakes off the DB. Yeah. Got to put air under that, though. It, it, it did seem a little bit more on a line. Well, yeah, but you don't if you see him running wide open down the sideline is what I'm saying. Brent. Yeah, like when right. Henry let go no, of the know, ball, but... you're throwing it directly to him. Right. You're not thinking like what that's that you're you're getting at exactly right. what I'm saying. Yeah. If he sees him start to drift a little, he knows, okay, I can just fly this thing up there and let mm -hmm. him adjust. Yeah. Instead, he saw him running wide open down the sideline and put a little less air on it because yeah. He thought he was going to continue that path, right? And and make an easy catch, but like I, it's just an unfortunate yeah. like game of inches kind of it sucked miscommunication between a, a wide receiver and a quarterback that happens. Yeah, well, well, and you know, it to Ryan's point, it's just fluky shit. And uh, I mean, like you know, and, and I hate I hate to keep bringing it up because I've said it like five times, but we kept on mentioning like, why is this line fourteen? Like, why is this fourteen? And then fluky shit happened, and you saw why it was. It, you know, yeah. it, like it's like it, it, it aids to the unpredictability of college football as a whole. It, it, you look all over the country. It's how upset. I mean, that was 
yeah, it was it was weird. It was super weird. I I, I want to talk about just two last things, and we'll wrap this up. One last thing is is the final play call, fourth and two. You know, you you're calling that you know that rub route. You know where where you pretty much are essentially setting up a pick in the end zone. D Wiggins trips and and falls on the play and ends up in an interception. If you you know we we talk about Emory having you know Keegan kept mentioning the happy feet that Emory had. If you watch the replay on that, Emory could have walked into the end zone if he looked right and just saw how wide open it was. There was there was no one there within at but least seven left yards for the route. Yeah, he's he's looking left for the route. I I don't like that. Like I understand it's a call that's happened. It's a pretty famous call. I mean, Clemson won a national championship running that same play. Uh, you know, granted they went to the flats instead of you know finding the the guy slanting on on, on the cut, but. I don't know. It, it's probably a play they've rehearsed a bunch, but yeah, it was that's a lot of traffic play, over there. At least, one, yeah. at least one of them. A lot of traffic over there, um, and 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 that's the play that to to decide the game pretty much. Uh, anything on the last play? I mean, it just. I would have liked if they just kind of like QB powered it, yeah. and just ran it right at them. Numbers, right? Yeah. Say fuck you guys. That's what I would have liked, but I don't know. I'm that's kind of my you'll you'll hear me just keep saying just run the ball and those kind of short yardage kind of what should we do here? Like that's kind of my mm-hmm. how I see the game. But if you you guys might have other opinions, but I uh I'd like yeah. to hear. I don't know what 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 do you do there? It's kind of like like gray area. It's like it just seems like two. It's like a little bit longer than you're liking, but like. Right, I think they, like, they had ten plays were, there. <laughs> I think they were trying everything in the, the the cauldron. Like they were trying every possible thing they could think of yeah. to cook up a score right. from point blank, and nothing had worked all night. So okay, level then let's try getting D Wiggins open across the middle. You know, the middle to back of the end zone. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think maybe like. I would guess after 17 snaps inside the 10 with one touchdown, you get in your head a little bit, don't you? Yeah. As a play caller, as a player, as a quarterback, like. That's just a very, very crowded pass. You know, you got trips over on that side. You're hoping that a pick works out and you're thrown to a spot where you hope that D Wiggins is at, you know, and, you know, Emory wanted pass interference on the play, and and D did fall down. I don't know if it was. But a, that's the problem with running a pick right there. Right, exactly. There's it's, just like there's like, like set bodies in that spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it just adds into the amount of different things that Royer was mentioning, where it's just a series of unfortunate events. Is that 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 book series that all these people, series let, of unfortunate? Let events, me yeah. snicket. Let me snicket. How about that name? Great name. A series of unfortunate events. <laughs> exactly. Uh, quick trivia time. Last time the Bearcats had 500 plus yards and lost. Uh, Memphis. Mm. Nope. Got to go further back than that. Royer, Aaron. Didn't they lose to Hayden Morgan? Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about it was it was after that. Okay. What did you ask? I didn't hear you. Last time Cincinnati gained. 500 or more yards of total offense and lost. It, it has to be a gunner. Was it a gunner game? Post-gunner post, post gunner era. Oh. 
it it was know. the it was the end of a certain I'm not tenure. answer the question. It was it, it was the end of a certain tenure. <laughs> 2016 at Tulsa, the final game of someone's oh, yeah. less than illustrious career. And 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 the fun fact is, Chad, you mentioned it. They Tuberville had three other games the year before where they had more than 500 yards and they lost all three. But I mean, they had more. They they had more games than that, but they lost three other games with 500 yeah. more yards. And so, you know, that's just uh, another lemony snicket, unfortunate event. But um, uh, I guess, Chad, you guys will probably cover Oklahoma a bunch. Uh, let's timestamp this. And I'm worried about, yeah. I mean, we, I'm worried about one thing. Yeah. You're, you're on the verge of a three game losing streak. You're got, on some like, you, got some you, toughies. Got some toughies. You've got two that you've got you to figure out how to get one. Especially BYU like, figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. BYU beating Arkansas at Arkansas. Like, right. you have got to figure out because, as we talked about, you're getting Oklahoma, who is, they've gone hot, cold, hot. Maybe they'll be mm-hmm. cold again because they can't run the ball. Um, they're deep and I'm sure Dave and I, I, I want to deep dive with Dave on Wednesday about yeah. this whole notion that the pass defense is awful coming off of uh, a, a two-week stretch where they allowed 22 completions total. And pass interference is the main bugaboo. And, yeah, like, and, and I, I, I I think some of it's bogus, mm-hmm. but I, I do think there's, hey, will you two knock it off? I'm trying to do a podcast here. <laughs> Jesus. Um. I think some of it's valid. Like, you know, teams yeah. are doing that because they know it's 50-50. Like, there's a good chance that the refs are going to call the PI. Um, yeah. So, that, but, like, even, up, like, the Jordan Young one, he, that was perfectly. Yeah. He got his head around. He made a play on the ball. He did not, like, he was not grabbing and tugging. And, like, yeah. that was exactly how you're supposed to play one-on-one man coverage down the sideline mm-hmm. but you know hopefully hopefully they can get sammy back at some point in time and see if yeah. that you know changes the way things are going but i i pushed back a little bit on this like the past defense is absolute dog shit because right. the numbers don't say that like it, it seemed like that. yeah it seemed like it might have been a miami staff talking to the refs a lot saying hey watch out for these things and then sure the rest are right there but um real quick though yes so we mentioned byu cincinnati based off of like net success rate or net win rate if if you look at the cincinnati miami game was the very last team the the the, the game the very last game where they the should have won based off of yeah biggest outlier in the country second biggest was byu's win on the road at arkansas so Shit happens, and uh, now they're they're two and one. If, and if you would have said two and one heading into the Oklahoma game, you probably been like, "Oh, cool." But just don't tell them that the one game was was the first loss in it's eighteen Miami years and sixteen yeah. straight. Yeah. All right, that's timestamp brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over one hundred and fifty restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off the first month of purchases. Boom. Um, before we open up the mailbag, just 
this is where we normally talk quickly about uh, recruiting. Um, I think just mainly that, you know, football recruiting, the seemed like a lot of people made it onto campus for this past game. Oklahoma was going to be the crazy game, especially for basketball recruiting. Um, it's going to be maybe the biggest recruiting day and one of the biggest recruiting days in program history. And yeah. Grip Keeper, don't worry about it, bro. Like, we're just like, this is, I, I don't take these arguments seriously. Like, it's content. We're having fun. It's all yeah. good. Um, Malachi Moreno on campus uh, for his official. Um, Unofficial. Not unofficial. Unofficial, yeah. Sorry. Uh, he is a big dude. <laughs> There's no doubt. Uh, He's grown. Over. He's grown since the last time I saw Malachi. He's a tall he, dude. He's a tall yeah. dude. Um, and then the names, obviously, are the same names that we've mentioned for a while that will be on campus uh, this upcoming weekend. Basketball. And are, those are all the official visits, right? Uh, Jace and Tyler Betsy are official visits, too. Okay. And is Sadiq White, is that still happening? or uh, Potentially, but it, that's an unofficial. That's not okay. Official. okay. All right. So and we'll see. I, I'm not going to say anything. We'll see how the week goes. Okay. I might have something by Friday, but I, we'll see how the week goes. I like I like the tease. I like the tease. But, uh, yeah, um, obviously, keep locked in. It's going to be a wild. <laughs> wild recruiting weekend for football and basketball um they're they are rocking and rolling still and the atmosphere is gonna be wild big 12 will be on scene so uh and, and yeah it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be an awesome saturday yeah awesome um, saturday would it have been a little bit more could have been I, awesomer yeah it could have been awesomer it's still gonna be like you don't get this opportunity all the time Gronk's like still going to be spiking it. footballs and shit. So when do we? When do you think we got to get down there? Like seven, seven, eight at the latest. Yeah, might as well. Boy, Dane is going to be ripping. Uh, the what's the one? The one place you guys go to up there? The grid. What on the yeah. grid? Chad, uh, you guys. What's Republic that tailgate? Cincinnati. Republic yeah, of Cincinnati. Isn't there another one you guys? Dave, Dave Simone's tailgate up on the top of the well, we go to Dave's rooftop. Yeah, we go, yeah. But that's wow. kind of that's like a small family, you know, like 20, 30 people. That's not like a massive. Like, I need to run into Royer again. That that got my juices flowing on Saturday. Dude, I was just like, <laughs> I just keep laughing, friend. Just you and me, just like hugging each other. We're gonna be rich. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> completely. Completely <laughs> jinxed us. Yeah, yeah, I got a got a, oh got a nice God. little text at uh, about ten a.m. this morning. Hey man, rough weekend. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> great. Not great, Bob. Tell me how much. Not great, Bob. But yeah, let's go and roll into that uh, the mailbag. A Ron, you are ready. Well, first, uh, I believe the mailbag currently is brought to you by Homefield. It is brought to and you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is offering 15% off when you enter promo code BCJ23. Uh, Homefield has the best vintage apparel for your University of Cincinnati needs or any other college for that matter. So if you're looking for that early Christmas gift for your friends and family, Christmas, uh, I love it. 15% off 
entering code BCJ23. Support the people who support us. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Get your UC gear for this season, Christmas season, whatever season it is that you're looking for. It's their can't miss kickoff campaign. Make sure Aaron, that was a sexy read, by the way. You're welcome. Sexy read. Fully geared up for the 2023 season in style. Hoodies, quarter zips, uh, joggers, t-shirts, tank tops, you name it. Home field's got it. All right. That said, this should be a fun mailbag. Setting the tone off right. Is it safe to come back to the football board yet? <laughs> yeah, I think I think for the most part, the uh, sanity has is people got mad at the Bengals on Sunday. That helped. Uh, <laughs> Aaron will have a so, full breakdown of that tomorrow night. On can't wait. Yeah, George and the oh god, what an awful show that's going to be tomorrow. I I mean, George and I are just going to be in depression mode. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's complete Ain't therapy therapy Tuesday. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's safe. You're all right. Um I, I think as long as you avoid the Mel Tucker thread and the uh the fire Satterfield thread, you'd be all right. <laughs> People are so crazy. I saw yeah. somebody uh, say I want Satterfield gone already. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, they were saying the same thing when when Luke and, and Free lost to uh, Navy by like seventy. So, yeah, when Navy put up six hundred yards rushing, yeah. <laughs> Marcus Freeman will never forget that ever exactly. in his entire life. It'll stick with him forever and ever and ever. All right, uh, now that the preseason is over, how are we feeling with an over under of four and a half conference wins? This is in a fair number. Please adjust accordingly. I don't know how I feel right now. I know. I, think Look, I, need to see I drank the Kool Aid so I normally don't drink the Kool Aid hard on the show. Yeah. And I went full Kool Aid last. Oh, it week. was tasting unreal last week. Oh my god! And I combine that with the bet where I hammered it live on the show. I just <laughs> I don't know if I want to make any more predictions. Just Just give me four. Give me four. I still think the the Big 12 is bad. Like, as a whole, it's not. And the schedule schedule is is still in the Bearcats. Guess what, though? UC is just as average. I think the Big 12 is average. And I I think UC is just as. I think it comes down to the same thing we've talked about since June. How many coin flips can this team win? Yeah, I don't know if I, I at this point I don't know if Baylor or Iowa State are average. I think they're below average. But okay, so they're two. There's a 14 league team. I'm gonna go two with five. That are below I'm gonna go five and four, five and four in the conference. I think right. we can do it. Yeah, I just think like as I'm we adjust, I predicted seven. I'm gonna say stay with seven. As we adjust with the, seven the, conference wins. No, no seven, seven total. Wins. Seven overall. Okay. Yeah. I think as, so five as five in conference. God. As we adjust, like after the uh, after the Miami game, you just got to adjust with the Big Twelve as a whole. Like, I like there were some bad, bad games <laughs> recently. Agreed. So it's like you know, I think you still just keep your same thought, no matter what. And I'm going over four and a half. 
is what There's, I'm pretty much saying. God, I, I need to find the prescription rose colored lenses that you have, sir. Baby, it's just Kool-Aid, man. It's right here. My it's goodness. that wine flavored Kool-Aid, baby. Uh, what would have to improve other than red zone offense to feel like we could contend to make the conference championship game? Oh, wow. Um, Emory is going to have to play like he played versus EKU, EKU. Every, every game. And the offensive line is going to have to play like they played against Pitt every um, every week. Yeah, you have to avoid really you have to avoid dumb penalties. Ten penalties for seventy eight yards wasn't great. Um, regardless of how they're calling PI, you have to adjust to make sure that they can't call PI on you. Can we talk about uh, illegal man downfield from the two yard line? <laughs> Or, yeah. or my my favorite call holding on a fair catch. What what a dumb penalty that yeah. is, just in general. Dude, I the uh, Chad, you remember the other illegal man downfield in the big Cincinnati game? Roar was on. Yeah, the he was at Notre Dame. Beautiful yeah. set play, thrown forward touchdown, called back because eligible man downfield on like there was a guy a half, a yard. half a yard down like downfield on the backside of the play that it just kind of like drifted a half a yard too far. Does it, does it like, do they consider the goal line to stop or is it like, Oh, you pushed them through five yards into the end. I, I guess it's five yards. Like I guess as soon as you pass five yards, which seems pretty arbitrary because guess what? There aren't yard markers in the fucking end zone. Right. Exactly. <sighs> right. Exactly. Um, so a, a lot would have to be done to make this a conference championship team. Uh, how does it feel that we have at least three coaches that seats could be gone if they don't improve Houston, Baylor, Iowa state. These are the other schools that I think could have a new coach. Um, Oklahoma state and West Virginia. What is it talking about? Like, a lot of new coaches. Teams in the conference that could lose their coaches. I, I don't care. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's their the good problem. news is we play all of them. Yeah, I don't care. That's their problem. We'll deal with it when we get there uh, in the off season. We're, when we're talking about the new hires, like, we haven't even started conference play yet. Literally all of them, including the two outside looking in teams, Oklahoma State and West Virginia, mentioned in this question. They're on the uh, schedule. They're, right. they're all on the schedule. I'm on to Oklahoma. Yeah, we're on to Oklahoma. Uh, where does running 17 oh, plays inside the inside the opponent's 10, 10 yard line, scoring only one touchdown, ranking your Ripley, your personal Ripley's believe it or not, football catalog? Have you ever seen anything comparable? P.S. Tulsa ran eight plays inside our 10, but that is less than half of 17. Well, we would have to go back and look at that Tulsa game. Did they run any other? That was all on that was, that was one one drive series, one drive. Right. They ran eight plays from the one or whatever it was. Like, uh, right. so that is definitely comparable. We would have to look at the rest of that game and see if Ryan were they down there in the red zone much that game? I think we had a fumble to get him there earlier in the game. Didn't Des fumble it? Yeah, it was. No, we're talking about like what how many times did Tulsa have the ball at the goal line that game and didn't score? Because we know they had eight snaps at the end. Yeah, but that was 
You're right, Ryan. Yeah. That's why. No, they it got was four back. plays, then Devs fumbled, and they got it back. Yeah. And had four more plays, and they couldn't score. Yeah. Yes, I think that's what it was. I don't know. That was a crazy sequence, though. I would have. I, I that might have been worse for Tulsa fans than we had at this one. Oh God. We should have lost that game. Bye bye. I mean, they would have. They would have spoiled everything. Like they would have ruined everything. And that yeah. was damn college game day. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just had a flair for the dramatic. That's all. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like oh. that's the thing. You guys played in over the past five years. 10, 12 games exactly like this where the other team did everything they could to like like limit the the opportunity for you guys to pull away, like drain the clock, like do you know, make make some stops in the red zone and put you guys in a position where you were vulnerable at the end and you found a way to win them all. Except for except for UCF. And UCF. Well. Um, but th- that UCF game wasn't really all that close. The one in the bounce house for game day? No, no, no. Is that what one, you're talking about? The one uh, last year where we blew it. We uh, went down, scored, yeah. and then... And then let them go down, yeah. Um, but ultimately, like, you know, like, you guys, while you were there, you guys played a bunch of these type of games. Yes. And you won them all. Almost yes, like almost exclusively, you won them all. You're not gonna or, have a hundred percent Memphis, yeah, Memphis conference championship. Yeah, well, on the week before, too, you guys had a chance to win yeah. that and, and didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was really the only two games I remember under Vic where you guys like like didn't find a miraculous way to pull it out. Like that yeah. was the one thing about the Vic era and the Devs era. <laughs> Maybe more importantly, as some would like to call it, um, like you guys just had a, a knack. Like Dad had a knack for finding a way to get it across the finish line. Hey, yeah, man. he did. You, you saw that on Sunday. He did it again. Like he keeps doing it in the NFL. He's a winner. Falcons fans be damned. Yeah, they hate him. <laughs> All right, which they unit gives him? you the? Yeah, it just. He didn't throw for enough yards. You see that interception first quarter. They're they're getting very Andy Dalton-ish on Dez already. He like knows. we think we can do enough. He can do enough Winning. to win us a bunch of games, but like can he is he like he's not Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow or I saw one guy yeah. saying, Man, if we had Sam Howell, we'd be the favorites for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sam Howell's gonna be nice this year. Yes. All right, back to the Bearcat Bounce mailbag. Uh, which unit gives you the most concern? Offensive line, defensive backfield, special teams unit, or all of the above? How's Royer feeling about the team at this point? I think we got a pretty good feel for how Royer's feeling about the team at this point. I think we just, like, the one we don't know the most about is the defensive backfield. Because Pitt didn't throw the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that exacerbated like the issues that when they did throw the ball, there were problems with the pass interferences more than anything. And then you saw it creep back up in the, in the Miami game a little bit. Um, So I think it's an unknown because like I said, like they're holding teams under 50% passing. 
Like, and they played a really good quarterback in week one, probably the best quarterback they played. And then, like, it's not like the 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 numbers, like the completion numbers, and a little uh, some of that stuff that Paul was pointing out earlier, which I like, I, I give credence to. But they're not teams aren't throwing the ball a lot. So, like, when they're hitting on like their their ten completions, they're hitting pretty big. And that gives you a reason for concern, which we're going to find out about this week because Oklahoma is going to throw the ball 50 times, right? Like they're going to throw the ball a lot. They do not run it. That is not what this offense at Oklahoma is designed to do. They do not run well when they do run it. Um, They are going to throw the ball. So we're going to find out. I'm going to kill these dogs. All right. I'd say. Uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Let you everybody else answer. More. Um, I I want. I just don't feel kind of like the dynamic explosiveness from the special teams, kind of that Mason used to have, where like we were like trying to block punts or big returns. We wanted to return the ball out of the end zone, and our punting unit's pretty good. Our kickoff's been solid. Um, I just I would like to see more kind of like let's go let's let's sell some stuff out here on kickoff return and pump block, but I it's that's hard between O line and D and defensive backfield. I think when Sammy Anderson comes back, that'll add another layer too, because I think it's good that Justin Harris has been getting some good experience right now. Um, so he could be a, a so whoever maintains a spot is going to have a lot of good experience, but. I, I think O-line's still biggest concern for me, kind of just seeing how they kind of just fell back to their old ways of just under under expectations play with against Miami. Um, the, Matt makes a great point that we didn't talk about. The fake punt was phenomenal. Great, great read yeah. that they were overloading to Mason's strong side and just kind of picked it off and – went left and, and found a, a bunch of grass for uh for Shimon there. Um would you Ryan, would you I know Braden Smith is electric. I for one, and I and I've argued with this about a couple with a couple of people inside the program who were like questioning Ryan Montgomery as a punt returner. And I'm like, I don't know how he does, but he just figures a way to get you an extra first down on punts. Like he just has whatever that is that punt returners have, that short area, make the first guy miss and get 10, 12 yards. Like, I, yeah, it's such a natural punt returner. I know you're trying to hit the home run with Braden Smith, and maybe that's something that you look at where, like, like if we need a home run, we have Braden back there. But if it's a standard punt in the middle of the second quarter where we're fighting field position, I might look to put Monty back there because he just has that natural feel as a punt yeah. returner to find a way to get upfield and get you an extra first down. Like mm-hmm. take you from the 25 to the 38. And look, man, when you're starting at the 38 and you've got a good field goal kicker, like it just it increases your chance of putting points on the board. Like I, I would look at maybe using those guys in tandem um, to give Monty a chance to kind of get you those extra first downs there. 
Yeah, Monty was just like you said, like he he never was like breaking any like big ass touchdowns, but he just always right. found a way to just make a guy miss. And you can kind of see that how he's just really good at, with like tight cuts when he's running the ball. Um, I, yeah, he I, doesn't I, like, I like that idea, Chad. He's not a like when you look at him, he's not a prototypical like this guy is a star. He doesn't have the measurables. He doesn't have the elite breakaway speed but sometimes guys are just like they have that thing with their feet where they can just like they have that sudden quickness to make one guy miss and get straight up field or like and we saw it with him running the ball in the the miami game like make the one guy miss and all of a sudden it's seven eight nine yards ten yards like i i don't know I, i i just i would i would explore that because I know he doesn't fit like the uh, dynamic, explosive, like break you a long touchdown punt return. But I do think, man, there is some value in getting that extra first down on on punts. You know, in in Chad um, as well. I, what about maybe using Braden then on kickoff? And because I, you know, I love it. Xavier Henderson, what he brings on the offense. It just no, I haven't seen maybe. much on, on the kickoff return. Um, maybe, but I, I agree with Ryan. Ryan's one of the highest rated punt returners in, in the entire country the last couple of years. So, yeah, and and you see, he was returning. And there's punts. no explanation for it. Like, there's right. no, there's nothing you look at and say this. Like, this guy's going to have big numbers right. because he's going to break a bunch of long returns. No, he's just a guy that knows how to get you 13 yards on yeah. a return. And Brian Mason picked him to return punts over Tyler Scott. Over Trey Tucker, Tucker, Tucker. Right. over Alec Pierce. I like, you know, this is and, I don't know. Drum forward. Maybe I'm crazy, but that Brian Mason guy has done pretty good as a special teams coordinator. Not not a bad coach. Not a bad coach. Just saying. <laughs> all right, I've brought this up a few times in different threads, but I really want to know how, if at all, can you signal your team to take a delay of game call after timeout when you need a Another timeout, this is in regard to the block field goal. It's hard to yell at the center in the middle of the field unless you tell the fans no cheering after a timeout. You don't have a receiver close by to tell to jump off sides. I mean, it's, also entirely, it's also entirely possible they did not see any issue prior to the snap, but either way, it doesn't seem a team would have a plan for this situation. I'm also, I'm also sure Coach Scott Satterfield will have one going forward. I also noticed at one point during a punt, uh, they only had 10 men on the field for whatever that's worth. Um, they had one gunner. Um, I think that was in the third quarter, but I don't know. Special teams has to clean some stuff up there. Yeah, we touched on this. Yeah. Next question. Really hesitated to post this because I believe in free speech and Chad has seen no issue with these threads. Plus we all view News and entertainment different, differently. That's stated at 3 o'clock Central Time. Uh, these were the top two most commented upon subjects on the board. Call me crazy, but somehow they both just seem just a bit outside the line. Spirit of the site. Would love to hear your opinion. Professional approach to content of this nature as opposed to spirited, positive, or negative dialogue about the team, the players, the opponents, and the program. I always come back for more, but interested in your thoughts. I realize this is a fine line, especially considering the plentiful clicks. Those two threads being the Fire Satterfield and the Mel Tucker threads. One of the things that we have cultivated on Bearcat Journal is the ability to have 
a pretty civil discord. And unless it's egregious and there's personal attacks or you're bringing in politics and religion and stuff that is outside of what we allow, I let people have their free speech, their ability to communicate and talk about things on the website. One thing I, I'm not, I, I hate deleting threads because I think even like, even if you go back and read the fire Satterfield thread, which is stupid, it's, it's an ignorant uh, notion to entertain at this point. There's a lot of good back and forth in that thread because I think we have developed a community that has some respect as grownups in their ability to have conversation. Cooth. Right. Like, if this was Michigan State, with their message board is a shit show. It's a disaster. I wouldn't allow some of the stuff that happens there to happen on Bearcat Journal. But I monitor all of that stuff. Um, when people are getting out of line, I tell them to chill out and knock it off. But ultimately, we have created a community that is capable of having discussion on pretty much anything and not taking it to the extreme like you see in a lot of places. So I, I, I like this always cracks me up when like we get to like uh, Chad bans everybody and Chad kicks everybody off the site and Chad censors everything. I, I do very little of that because we have such a great community that does such a great job of policing itself that it's not necessary. If somebody's getting out of pocket and being a clown, the members of the community tell that person, shut up. You're being a clown. Like, and I take a lot of pride in that because that means that it's a healthy community and that I don't have to step in and slap everybody's hands. I, I was part of a community that uh, a, a while back, like, um, I think I actually started there uh, before any of the UC stuff came along. And this was like a Kentucky high school football, like Kentucky thing. And the moderation of that site got to the point that it ran everybody off. And now if you go back and look at that community, it is nothing like what it used to be because the moderation got ridiculous. The guidelines got ridiculous. The rules got ridiculous. Um, and it, it ran off what had made that community a great community. I, I still have friends like very close, longtime friends to this day from that community in the early two thousands, but now it's not what it used to be because they went over the top and didn't treat the people that were there like adults. And I, I firmly believe in treating you guys like adults. If you screw around and act like assholes and I have to close shit, I will. But I don't want to do that. Like, I don't think that's the community that we've built and developed. So maybe you don't agree with it. Maybe you would like to see it not on the board. My suggestion would be don't click on it. You don't have to read it. But know that we're keeping an eye on it. If, if something is out of pocket or it needs to be taken care of or handled, we'll make sure that that happens. But I, I think it's important. How can we not have a threat about 
what's happening at Michigan State. Like, that's a major deal in the college sports world. People are upset Saturday night. I, I think it's important to let them vent. Because if not, like, we, we lose that entire – there are also UC communities that have died over the past 10 years because of over-moderation and going too far this way. Like, do I think the fire Scott Satterfield thing is fucking stupid? Yes, absolutely. But I do think there's a place for that thread to have the proper discord and to have the proper conversation that happened in that thread. So I think it's important to, to leave it up. If I, I can take it down, and then you know what's going to happen? Those 20, 30 people that are furious, all of a sudden, they're even more furious. Now they're starting more threats. Now they're they're trying to like fight back with me and fight back with with the system, and I don't think that's good. I think it's important to let the conversations happen as long as they stay civil and people aren't being complete assholes. That's what a message board is for. Right. And the last question in the football portion of the mailbag, how close were we to signing Dion to coach here and how interested do you think he was coming here? What would this season look like for us if he had come here, seeing what he's doing at Colorado? It was never close. Dion was in talks with Colorado for months uh, because their coach was gone very early in the process and they had a connection to Dion. And the AD and the president had been wooing Dion for quite some time. And by the time the UC job came open, it was done. Like Dion was going to Colorado. The other thing is, what you have to remember is Dion could not have done here what he did at Colorado. He could not have hit the reset button and started over. There was too much talent here. There was there was too much winning. There was too much success. He went into a place that had hit rock bottom and he was going to be able to be the guy that brought them back up. That's what he was looking for. He found it and he was already way down the road by the time Luke Fickle took the Wisconsin job. It, it wasn't likely. And I was on these airwaves. Adam, do whatever you can. What he was looking for was Colorado. What he was not looking for was Cincinnati, where, guess what? Dion's smart enough to know coming in and following the greatest coach in the history of Cincinnati football is a bad move for him. First year in the Big 12. Like, that, that, the expectations. Never want to be the guy after the guy. Right. The expectations are already up here. At Colorado, the expectations are down here. So, it was the perfect fit for him at Colorado. He identified that and had already been deep in the process with them uh, well before Luke Fickle left for Colorado. So I'm just, I'm just trying to picture how a, a meeting between Pinto and Cunningham and Dion would look. And it's a comic strip. I don't think it's as like Dion is about the right things. Like, in terms of how he runs the program, how he like treats his kids, how he coaches. Like, I think they would have connected on those levels. But I don't think 
this was a place that he could do what he wanted, where he just said, reset, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm bringing in whatever I can bring in. Now, the interesting thing, Aaron, would have been. It was baggage, and, and it was Louie. Yeah. Well, that the was interesting what he was thing bringing is, in. He probably would have had access to a lot higher level of talent here going into the Big 12 in year one than he did going to a Colorado that was an absolute shit show. So he could have he could have hit the reset button a little softer here. Probably could have hit tech, Texas harder and as far as bringing in guys from Texas right. and what have you. But you still would have brought in Shadur Sanders. You still would have brought in Travis Hunter. But that wasn't – like the two sides were never – like they were on they, – they weren't even on the same field. Like the Colorado thing was on this field and the Cincinnati thing was on this field. They, yeah. they did not – I don't know how the circus would have – I don't know how the circus would have looked here in Cincinnati either, as far as you would never have seen 800 uh, media credentials given out ever at a game ever. Yeah, you would have. Uh, no, no shot. There, where yeah, would you, you have fit eight? Where would you have fit 800 media credentials? They'd have figured it out. Where, where yeah. do you fit them in Colorado? It's not like Colorado has a like a massive. They they hit they hit 600 before. I don't see 600 fitting at Cincinnati. Anyway, I digress. He, he say eight. You Chuck Martin. You you two just wouldn't have had a spot in the press box. Chuck Martin. Oh, Dion would have loved me. I would. I'd be sitting <laughs> sidelines right next to Dion. But it would have. He would have said Chuck Martin said he wanted one point five million for playing us. We took that personal. Where's my theme music? <laughs> God, I would. Dude, that thing is turning into off the fucking charts we'll, we'll like, find out over the next two weeks i mean they aren't a great celebrities team, it's a masterpiece how are who's getting all the celebrities just walk like yeah. that is yeah that's those are his boys he knows look Roy. when you're fucking prime time you know everybody everybody wants to meet you you're i guess i just mind. didn't i didn't everybody yeah. wants to meet you but because you weren't alive to see it as it happened, how great he was. Like Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. There, there's an argument he's one of the ten best players ever in the history of football. Like Athlete, legitimately of all time. Yeah, like well, well also playing baseball. Yeah. yeah, like they just wanted a piece of. Could have been so a trap star too, is what he says. Yeah, he could have been for sure. So yeah, it, look. I would have loved it. Like, it would look, man. You know how much money we would have made if Deion Sanders was a coach since Cincinnati? Yes and no. You would have loved it for that reason, but you would have been cut out of any information no. from the football program. No. You unrealistically doubt me. Who did we have on the show tonight, Aaron? That's fine. I don't, I still don't think that. He produced been... a documentary. I understand, but you, I don't you, know that. You, you severely underestimate our ability to do things here moving on <laughs> basketball portion in the mailbag Wes said he is an aggressive scheduler scale of one to 10 of his non-conference scheduling in terms of aggressiveness for this season right now it's low. or overall it's low overall because there's been so much unknown of what does this look like and i still yeah. don't think they're in a position like 
you're ready to play. You're just ready. I know the, the, like the, the top of the big 12, there's 25 uh, high major games uh, on that, that schedule. I think Kansas state might have the top one. Cincinnati's got, they're playing 21 high major games. I would have loved to see them in a tournament of some sort, but obviously that, I, that wasn't the way that the cards fell. Well, somebody else brought up a great point on that. Um, guess what you have to deal with in the Big 12? The Big 12 versus the... Uh... No. When it comes to NTEs, multiple team events, yeah, you can only have one team from each conference. And right now, there's like... Seven oh, those, really those good rules are NTEs. all about to change real quick. No, they're not. They're not going to so? put two teams. They're not going to put two teams from the same conference in an MTE. If you end up with three super conferences, you damn sure are going to have to. Well, I mean, that's 10 years down the road. I'm talking very specifically Maybe. right now. Maybe. You, you, you've got to be in a situation where you can claim one of those MTEs over – the best basketball conference in the country. There also was the thought that the MTE was going to be able to be uh, uh NIL deal. And that has gotten kicked down the road a little bit where when they decided that they were going to do it, um, you know, it, they thought it was pretty likely to pan out. Now they're doing it with uh, Dayton on a neutral site. So, yeah, I mean, you're playing 21 high major games. Two-thirds of your schedule are going to be quad one, quad two games. Like, I, going to 25, going to 23, what is that really, like, like if you get down to the brass tacks and you're, like, you're slightly at average, maybe a little below average, and you want to be one of the last teams in the tournament, maybe that could help you bump up a spot or two, but as things stand right now, I don't know that this program's ready for 23, 24, 25 high major games in a season. I think the big thing is you have ticket holders who want the opportunity to see more big games. At you all. have ticket holders now that aren't going to have to watch AAC basketball from late December I'm, to March. I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset with the way he scheduled things. I'm good with it. Don't no, attack the messenger. Like I'm, telling, I'm telling those people Every game from late December to March is going to be a quad one or quad two game. So I think the, the margin of error, heard. the margin of error though at a conference is very slim now. They 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 have sure. to win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably both of Dayton slash Xavier or but if they right if they schedule five high major games in the out of conference and you go into the conference right uh, eight and three. I mean, I'm not fighting. I'm just saying, like, no, I'm, like I'm, it's, it's I'm just a margin of error. I, I'm talking yeah. people through it. Well, no, like, I, I think <laughs> that that final game, Howard, a home and home. Like, I I understand the logistics of scheduling. If you have a hundred and twenty thousand dollars to have paid for a team to come in here, yeah, then I'm sure they would take your money. Right, but I, I mean. I, I just think certain things are just – we don't know the logistics of it, but – I'm telling you the logistics of it. Yeah. I, well, they I mean, needed so, a home and home to fill that last game. And Howard is the best they could do. They tried a couple others that didn't work. 
Yeah. I I know. It's you win some, you lose some. Tough, yeah. Uh, give it's us something. Ha- I have thirty-one. Like they played twenty-one high major games this this fall, right? Or this winter. It's a lot. Give us something happy to talk about to take our minds off the football team last weekend. Even though you can't attend practices, is there a recurring name that just keeps coming up? Uh, in conversations with people who are around the team, wondering if someone is having an incredible summer or someone to keep an eye on for a big jump. Here's the messed up part, Canadian Bearcat. We're at a point right now where even advertising that is against the rules. <laughs> That's stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, I I have heard a lot of good things about Seamus Lukosius. Um I've heard Jizzle James. Uh, has has really had a good run since they came back to campus, um, and you know I've been preparing for the start of practice. It's in two weeks, um, so yeah, there there there's some good stuff that's going on. Uh, once practice starts in two weeks, I will be allowed to come to practice. So we're getting we're almost there, and I I hate. One of the things that you guys should know about me by now, I don't like taking other people's uh, like propaganda, essentially, without my own ability to see it. Because then I'm putting my name on wax for something that I can't verify. Um, so we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. Hopefully through October we'll have a... Uh, a chance to talk about a lot of the stuff that I'm able to see. We're getting there. All right. John Newman has entered the content space in recent weeks. Who from the current team would each of you like to get on the BBP if possible? Yeah. I'd love to have Vic on. Yeah, Vic. I mean, he's he's a stand-up comedian. Why wouldn't you want to have Vic on? I, I would love to have Vic on. He's just funny. Um, I've, we, we've had a lot, like a lot of these guys have, have been in and out of this content space, but skillings. Yeah. Dan's, Dan's funny. For sure. A little, uh, I think Josh would be, I mean, John would be good. As long as you didn't give Josh the ox cord, it sounds like it would be good. Content, yeah. Right. But That's they hilarious. were not about giving him the ox cord. No, no, not, not one bit. Like everyone hated his choice of music. <laughs> right. That's the weirdest thing. Um, and, and John would, would probably be late to uh, the pod because he was the one everyone said was would be late to the bus if they had to pick yeah. him. So, yeah. We'll see. One of the two. I think CJ would be fun. CJ Freddy. Who you want on the pod, Royer? Seem like an Aziz team. guy. Basketball team. I yeah. Don't, I don't know any of the guys really. Bring Aziz I, I really, on. Yeah, get Aziz on there, man. What Brent said. <laughs> Bandy, oh boy. All right, next. Keep it flowing. Have you heard about the the I, the first time I read this? I thought it said Fight Club. I will say that, which changes we don't talk this about. Enti- we don't talk about which Fight cha- Club. Which 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 changes this entire question. Uh, but have you one. heard about the, the Flight Club 
for the top X percentage since he rained donors. Wes talked about it at the AD tailgate recently. Sounded like a really cool, <laughs> albeit no clue the dollars needed to get in. Uh, into it feature uh sort of ot do you guys talk to the cincy reigns folks regularly at all would love to occasionally hear about things they want to work towards or are working towards if that's allowed slash possible we've had brian fox on like three times right this since, would be a hilarious started. question if it was fight club instead of it would, i agree West is talking about it at the AD tailgate. It sounds like <laughs> the, the top X Bearcat, percentage yeah, donators fight club. <laughs> in the fight hey, club. You guys, I don't, you Steve Boymel, round one. Larry Shakely, round one. Let's go. Jerome Ford uh, just did an unbelievable thing. Did he? Yeah. Oh, my God. The speed. He did Jerome Ford things. Touchdown? I mean, oh, he was uh, just short by a football. No, he, no, he, the football hit the ground, but his body didn't. So Jerome Ford's a stud. I mean, Dude, he was so fast. You need to watch it real time. Uh oh, someone just texted in my group saying no. What does that mean? Uh, Nick Chubb's knee was destroyed. No, not that. So it was. It was after the Ford play. Oh. Maybe just because he was oh, wait, short. This. This might yeah, be good if Deshaun sneaks it in. I had him. Please sneak it, Deshaun. All right. Back to the mailbag again. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, I'll mute myself. <laughs> Jerome just got, got lit up on the goal. No, that wasn't him. That was somebody else. So, yeah, we, we do talk to B Fox regularly. I talk to him on the sidelines at the game. Me too. I know you did. Um, anything to add about the flight club that you know about? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's there. Yeah, you get special privileges if you donate a massive amount of money to Cincy Rains. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's how that works. Keep keep your keep your beer tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I All right. Do it, yes. Uh, moving on to the last portion of the mailbag. The uh, the there's only one one question here really uh, in the banks portion or certain skins rapid fire in honor of Miami winning the victory bell for the first time since 2005 we're going to have questions re revolving around that year first what were you guys doing in 2005 I was a junior in college and by junior I mean third year because it took me five so I was uh working my ass off to get into this like had not started with uh bearcat layer yet was calling high school games um kelly and i were in the early phases of uh dating not quite yet married um, i was poor i was poor as fuck at that point in time actually <laughs> you know Roy was a, six a young lad you were a young lad. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just being a kid, man. <laughs> Nothing better than being a kid. Coloring yeah. in the lines. <laughs> um, oh five. I, I'm trying to remember if I was a an eighth grader or a freshman in high school, but probably both. Math, that's how my that's math, how years that's how years span. 
math math ain't mathed, but um, let's say I was getting elected as freshman class president for uh, hey, big B. hey, now, but uh, yeah, that was about I, I, I was a young lad as well, 2005, I was 11 years, I was a decade removed from high school, like I, the, in 2005, I was going to a high school reunion. That was that was Brent's first cotillion. I was I was still trying to <laughs> I was still figuring out like what alcohol was. Didn't even have a sip yet. Now now look where we are. All right, better song: Gold Digger like, by Kanye or Sugar We're Going Down by Fallout Boy. I'm gonna go with Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Who we'll Kanye? Yeah, that was that was back I when Kanye was. I love Kanye too. I know that's kind of a bad thing to say nowadays, but I love his music. Yeah, that was the beginning stages, so you can say it for for this time. Right, separating the separating the art from the artist. There you go. <laughs> uh, who was hotter in two thousand five, Jessica Alba or Sarah Michelle Geller? Give me Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba, 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 all day, all day, all day. Although, what was that one movie where Sarah Michelle Gellar looked like amazing? I don't know. Um, uh, was was Tara Reid still smoking in two thousand five, or was she an alien at that point? I don't know oh, if she had had. Oh, no. had, had I don't even know if she was alive. It, it, well, Surgery. She's she's still alive. <laughs> oh, she's never mind. Gross. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I, I Buffy the or not Buffy. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of the Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's what I was Ooh, thinking. yeah. She's still hot as shit. All right. Um, let's see here. Tara Reed. Van, Van Wilder came out in, in 2002. So, yes, we were all we were all on to a little bit of uh, Tara Reed. Yeah, we, we had moved on at that point. Yeah. I'm Follow on to question. Oklahoma. Follow-up question. Assuming Chad uses his sweet, sweet sponsor money to reboot a 2005 top TV show. By the way, if you want to sponsor any of these segments, including the mailbag, um, sponsorships are out for uh, for the grabs. Reach out to Chad. Slide in the DMs. Yeah, we, we got uh, some stuff. We got some stuff that's available right now. Not a lot. Not a lot, like, but a lot. But if Chad's rebooting a 2005 top tv show aka the office who's playing what characters out of the bcj staff and board members i mean there's really only one 2005 show i think that that fits this crew it's always sunny in philadelphia that was back in 2005 yeah yeah it was holy crap right it started that was the first year 2005 i'm charlie day um David DeVito, obviously. <laughs> Royer, are you a always sunny guy? He'd be the he'd be Mac. It. Everyone tells me I need to be in on it. He'd be Mac. <laughs> he would. He would be Mac. What is that? The guy who's always running around with no sleeves on. Oh, uh, with the slick back hair. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to I think it would. I think we would be always sunny. Like you know, Reagan is the feisty chick that like doesn't take shit from anybody. I don't know what Keegan. I don't know what role Keegan would have. The waitress. Keegan would be the waitress. Yep. So what? And yep. am I? I am I Dennis? I'll take Dennis. Who's Devito? 
Dennis is the smart one who's always coming up with whatever it is that they're doing, which turns out to be not so smart. Right. 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 I would be DeVito for sure. <laughs> for sure. There you go. So, yeah. That's the mailbag. Yeah. Get us out of here, Brent. Hey, now. any Anything in closing, guys? Start, get your game on. Go let play. Hey, now. For a year. And don't let it stop until we are absolutely gut stomping the Red Hawks. Yeah, Ryan's going to be get, Ryan's going to be giving a pregame or or a pre-week speech or for the, or the victory or, bill. Don't forget how much it fucking hurts. And let it build for a whole year. I'm trying to make it sound like a bell. That can fix it other than beating them next year. No, Oklahoma wouldn't fix it. Yeah. It would be nice. I don't like that. I, I don't but like that damn, damn bell they were ringing out there. They they probably were like, oh, whoa, this is heavier than we were leaving. They're like this is heavier than I remember. Yeah, oh. they were they were they were still they were still ringing it in the locker room after the pressers. Heavier than I thought. It During was and after the pressers, for that matter. Yeah, they were probably shocked. They were like. Oh, this thing is heavy. I didn't even know how heavy it was. I've never seen it. Oh, anyway, yeah. um, big shout out, big thank you, of course, to our guy Dan Coach and Smith and Care. You thought I was gonna say something? Dan Coach Joe, we love you, man. Thank you, as always. Thank you to Quick Paper Supply. Thank you, as well, to Home Field Apparel, and a huge shout out, a huge thank you to Dana Beers coming on the pod yet again, uh, friend of the pod. Um, if you didn't hear that, go back and check it out. And Jerome uh, Ford, 69-yard run, had a touchdown nice. catch, yeah. got him to yep. the one. They punched yeah. it in. Big, it's going to be a shot. problem. And it looks like Nick Chubb is probably done. Yeah, big, big, big shout out. Thank year. you to Jerome Ford as well. Yes. he would be I, done forever. Ooh, oh, God. Uh, but uh, you know what? Big game this weekend. Big 12 new kickoff. Uh, I mean, big new kickoff. Big 12 will be in town for the tailgate. It's going to be awesome. Oklahoma this weekend. Huge chance to bounce back, but uh, for my guys, my pals, we're going to be talking about about it all week. Stay locked in, BCJ. For my guys, pals, partners, friends, Aaron Smith, Chad Brenner, Ryan Royer, I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BeckerJournal.com. See you.